Tonight's episode of the BS Podcast and the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by DAZONE. The old way of sports watching is over. Stream over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. You can get Canelo, Triple G, Daniel Jacobs, Anthony Joshua. You can get the MLB Live Whip Around Show Change Up. Everything live on demand. Getting set up with DAZN is easy. Download the DAZN app available on nearly any of your devices, including smart TVs, tablets, phones, gaming consoles. Go to DAZN.com to sign up. D-A-Z-N. Meanwhile, SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, Willie Nelson concerts, (laughs) Willie Nelson and Friends concerts, whatever else you want. For $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase in any game or sporting event, Use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by the world's greatest website, TheRinger.com, as well as The Ringer Podcast Network, where we had, even just today, so many fun podcasts up. Movies, basketball, uh, Thrones, The Bachelor, golf, fairway rolling, uh, all types of topics. We got something for everybody. Check it out, the Ringer Podcast Network. And check out uh, our show, Talk the Thrones, which uh, is on After Game of Thrones on Twitter. Hashtag Talk the Thrones. Two more Sunday nights, Mallory and Jason. More importantly, two more Sunday nights for Throne Game, which we did Sunday <laughs> night without Rosillo. Me and House did it. Uh, but now Rosillo's here tonight. We're going to do Throne Game again at the end. We're going to get his take. Yeah, it's I'm like ready in to the go. NFL draft when, uh, when somebody just wasn't on ESPN for the draft, but comes in two days later with like some killer points. Yeah. It's like vacation radio. Yeah. I remember being in Boston and the guy would take a week off and then he'd be like, you know, Derek Lowe blew. I just, can we talk about when Derek Lowe blew the save on Monday? We're like, (laughs) it's Tuesday of next week. Right. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to happen. Coming up house's first 50th birthday weekend continues or week. Um, I just had a milkshake. I'm a little groggy month and year. You've done three, four, five podcasts at this point? We're just doing podcasts, we're eating, we're playing golf, and we're drinking. That's it until the end of 2019. There we go. We're going to talk about basketball and a whole (laughs) bunch of other things. But first, our friends from Tic Tac and Melatonin. All right, we are taping this. It is 9.19 p.m. Pacific time. We are going to wait until after the Portland-Denver game. Right now, Denver is up by 25 points. Tonight was a bust. We could have taped this podcast four hours ago and probably would have been uh, as successful. See, this is what I feared. You guys are both watching TV. Well, I know this is going to be a mistake. I'm ready to go. Here's the hot take. Yeah. Home court matters. Yeah. Hot take. Why? Game five, usually I feel like are more competitive than two blowouts. So the the blowouts happen for different reasons. I think Denver just has too many answers. And as the series is going along, like they really could have obviously won the any of the overtimes in the quadruple overtime game. They blew like three of those. And then they've won two legitimately. And now they're they're gonna be up three two. The series could be over if like one play goes differently in the triple quadruple overtime. True, but I feel like that's really that whole game. Like why it was so good was if somebody got up four, then it was going to be a correction. There, like True. somebody was going to find a way to get it tied up again. Nobody was really going to get to stretch it out that much. 
And I'm trying not to do that thing, though, where, you know, the game one reactions, how do you feel? Oh, my gosh. And the way we re- want to reclassify every star in this game, like, is Giannis really that good? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I guess he is. Why can't Portland win game six at home? As, as they bad could, as this they could hit 23s. Tonight, I, yeah. I just think Denver's too big for them. Now, the there's, size there's, thing there's, is, as the series has gone on, the size thing has become a bigger and a bigger and a bigger advantage for them. The best thing that's happened, though, for Denver is that Jamal Murray is somebody now it looks like you can count on. Where in the beginning of that Spurs series, you go, okay, well, this is how Denver loses. Jamal Murray's a disaster, can't hit any shots. He had the last nine points in like three plus minutes in the first half. He got cooking. And then, you know, something we've all sat here and noticed too, like Gary Harris is a really important mm. player for Denver defensively because of these two guards you're going to have to chase around the whole time. Biggest winners of the playoffs. He's on the list, House. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, the, the switch. That uh, we talked about it um, sometime this week. We've done so many NBA podcasts, but the switch that Mike Malone made to put him on Derek White changed that Spurs series. And here we are now. Denver's going to be one game away from playing in the Western Conference Finals. They did a couple. They put Jokic on Aminu a little bit in this game so that he basically didn't have to play defense, which I enjoyed. It feels like, I mean, Mike Malone has more answers because he has more. I think players who could play in a playoff game, but at the same time, I think he's done a pretty good job in this series. I don't think he's the greatest coach, but he's solid. It's not like crazy to me that he's the coach of a conference finalist. No, if that I happens, I yeah, I don't. I don't. Look We've had like, some conference finals coaches that were like, "Wow, that guy got in there." Hey, look, there's seven columnists out there that think Boogie would be all first team NBA if if Mike Malone hadn't left. Mm. So you know, there's a lot of. There's a lot of Malone fans out there. Uh, I, I think he's a good coach, but I think Stotts is a good coach too. Like you, just because a team loses a series here doesn't mean the other guy sucks. Yeah. Um, Although, wait a minute, did I just go right at your your mo? Because you you tend to think the coaches suck, right? No, it's like prove to me you're a good coach is my mentality with okay. coaching. All right, I prove mean, to, prove to me, make some moves. I always like Do what Stotts stuff. does during the regular season. I like the stuff they run, so that's that's why I've always liked. Stotts. Well, it's interesting right now. Brett Brown, let's go into Philly first. Brett Brown is going to be a scapegoat, and I think if Philly loses this series in six or seven, I think that's probably it for Brett Brown. And I think the Crows have been circling for a few months. the The consensus seems to be not a very good coach, not a bad coach. Not a very good coach, but I really honestly have no idea because I think that's a really weird Sixers team. I haven't been like blown away by his coaching, but I also, you know, I, I wonder like who could have coached the team that they have, which is how quirky it is. It's a hard one. Quirky feels so polite. This thing now, we just went one for the thumb with Embiid and excuses for, for things that he's, you know, the, the debilitating injuries go. and illnesses mm. that he's been suffering through fighting through this entire series. And, you know, the, the the challenge for that entire organization is if he shows up energized and locked in and focused, he looks like he's the second best player in the Eastern Conference and capable of taking the Sixers to the finals. And when he's not in that frame of mind and that physical state, they lose by 35 gay points to, to the Raptors. That, so you're saying he's inconsistent. That's my that's my <laughs> thesis. That's my thesis. I, I I look, I have nights where I think he's even better than the, what you said. Like I'll yeah. look at him going, this guy might be the best player in the league. And that thing, the whole point of this Sixers roster is that if he has the bad game, which all of these guys do, by the way, except for Durant and Kawhi right now. But if you really think about how we talk about stars, 
it makes me appreciate LeBron even more looking what's happened to some of these stars during the playoffs. You're like, oh, look at this guy. This guy's off night. Like off night for LeBron was 28, 10, and 10 and just a bad shooting night. So yeah, LeBron would always get to his 27, 8, Always, and eight, always. Especially and, in the playoffs. So when Embiid has something that's, that's far below that, it's like, wait a minute, how good is this guy and all these different things? I'm not really going to knock him a ton, even though, you know, it, it just makes me laugh. He and Jimmy Butler sitting up there a couple of weeks ago making 3-1 jokes about the Warriors. And it's like, hey, are you guys not going to get out of the second round again? Because you guys have never sniffed the third round. And you know, look, that's more on Jimmy because he's been playing longer. But Jimmy's supposed to go off. And then you're watching this game going, oh, wait, is this going to be the, the game where Jimmy's like, all right, well, Simmons, you're going to take five fucking shots tonight. So you're out. And Tobias can't hit anything. So now it's Jimmy ISO time. And that actually can be scary, but it was great in what game two. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you Brett Brown's this great coach that 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 you know will unlock this at some point. But I don't know what you you do with these guys collectively because there are certain nights where it looks like it really works. But if Embiid isn't going to get going, one of the other supposed stars of these four have to carry him, and it wasn't even close tonight. You said that one of the names, though, to me, it's it's Tobias. Simmons. Oh. Right. Well, Simmons, I, I think, is just given up on done. Yeah, I mean, he he had more turnovers than made shots tonight. Like, I I don't I don't want to keep. I, right by now, it feels gratuitous to keep. Well, I want to keeping on hold Simmons. the Simmons point for a second because yeah. I there's an Embiid bigger picture point. These guys talk. These guys talk a lot of shit, Embiid, and it's a lot of, a lot of chest pumping when when things are going well. Kyrie is like that too. Just in general, it seems to be something that goes Marketing. on in the league now where when things are going well, they're Didn't the first. Say? Say marketing. <laughs> this is going to screw up the dynamic because everybody's favorite part. Well, maybe not everybody's, but some enjoy when you're in a thought and I throw in a you little. Say, you sneak oh, out. I, I sneak I, a little I, line. I and, and now House is going to be like, wait a minute. what?" Because it was funny. <laughs> I'm going to give you credit for it. Sorry. Um, no, I was I was saying that these guys, when things are going well, they're the first person to tell you how how well things are going and how good they are. And it seems so much more dramatic to me than when the flip side happens. You have a game like tonight. It's like, hey, Joel, where 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 are all the barbs and where's all the prancing around and where's all the nobody can stop me and where's all the like bullying Andre Drummond? You know, I I think part of being a really good basketball player or even a great basketball player is the consistency like you were talking about before. And when you're as inconsistent as Simmons is and as Embiid is, and FYI, as Kyrie, uh, as the leader of a team, how inconsistent he's been this whole season. It's like you wanted to come to Boston, you wanted to be the guy, and then you just aren't able to be the guy consistently. Um, then I don't want to hear how great you are. Because to me, the consistency is the first thing with greatness. Duran is great because he's always really good. Game after game, he gets good shots. He he plays at a certain intensity, and that's what makes him special. And that's what he talked about. The first podcast I ever did with him, we asked him, you know, how many points did you score in a game? And he was like, I don't know, I scored 66 in Rucker Park once. But he's like, I don't care about points. I'd rather score like 30-plus for five straight weeks than go for 75 in a game. And that's just what he, he cares about, like the the day-to-day, week-to-week of it, which I think LeBron is wired like that too. And my point is, I don't think Joel Embiid is thinking that way. I think he's thinking, I'm really good. Two weeks ago, I killed Hassan Whiteside. It's like, he yeah, does kill part Hassan of being Whiteside. really good is is yeah. 
you had to show up tonight and yo, maybe you don't feel that good, but sorry, man, it's the NBA. Chuck was mad tonight at, at halftime of the Sixers game. He was. And he went at Embiid. And I think what you're talking about, it's it's a maturity thing with Embiid. I mean, he, he has... That was the end of the game. Wasn't it after the game? It, it was both. He was really mad about I didn't see Embiid the looking thing. at the uh, stat sheet. The stat sheet, sheet, I saw that part. Yeah, so he was mad that Embiid was looking at the stat sheet while they were being benched. They're down 30 at that point. The game's over. Right. But there's a maturity thing that you're. Did that bother you though, the stat sheet thing? Because I I know it's going to be a big deal. I I don't care about that. That'll be a segment maker at some point. Yeah, that's coming up. I'll tell you why. Um, It didn't bother me because he's probably looking at the stat sheet at everybody's stats. It's not like he's looking at his stats. He's probably looking at like how many assists did we have? How many turnovers did we have? I don't think he's just like, how did I do? There's there's all sorts of stuff you can get to. I don't think he was like, oh, sweet, I still had. Double digit rebounds. No, like I think they all. were looking at it going, we sucked. <laughs> um I don't I don't know that I'm as de- like there's stuff that but I'm just not as down on him is like I to say his name in the same sentence as Simmons, I, I think that's disrespectful to Embiid. But Brett Brown, if that's you ask, fair. If you ask around the league, everybody had said this. Brett's a perfect developmental guy at the beginning. He went through all that crap where half the team were Hoyas that shouldn't be in the NBA. And, you know. I think, you know, in a, in a world in sports and business where the right thing to do isn't as always the thing that's done, I felt like the right thing to do was to let them actually get to play with the toys that they had acquired. But there are people around the league that go, you know, there's there's a little to be desired there, especially with some of the offensive stuff late game. But I, I'd love to know if they bring back all these pieces. <laughs> who who could coach it? Who's supposed to figure that out and make it look awesome? Because the Simmons thing... I, I would I would love for Mike Conley to be on the team and Simmons can go develop into whatever he's supposed to be in Memphis because I Ooh. think it'd be per- – I'm not saying it's – Man, that's but interesting. Wouldn't you say yes to that if you were Memphis? And well, if, yeah, because Mike Conley makes like $32 million a year. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, happy to actually, get rid of that. If Philly would have, what, $150 million in five guys, so maybe that won't work. But just well, something like that, though. Well, so House and I talked about Simmons on Sunday night and we gave our take. So what's your take? My take because is, he's only 22 years old. Yeah. I just don't think he improved by even 1% from a year ago, which I think is really kind of alarming because he's played in a bunch of playoff games now. And it actually seems like he's more of a liability after his 26th playoff game than he, or 25th or however many he's played than he was in that first series a year ago. I think I've been consistent on this and that, yeah, I know like in that first game against Brooklyn where you go, oh, what is this guy's problem? And then we start, you know, taking the knives out and then he has a big game and you're like, yeah, you're capable of having a game. You're capable of going to end end to be aggressive. He was terrible tonight and he wasn't aggressive on top of everything else. So I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they go, well, you know, if he develops a shot, be like, you know what? If I started walking around LA looking like Thor, my life would be fucking different too. If you, there's no way Simmons all of a sudden is going to start having this amazing shot. I don't, I don't care how often he's taking in practice. It's clear he's afraid to even do it. He doesn't even want to do it. Never mind. That that that's that's being an, an adult. That's being serious about your profession. Like you know, all of us chasing our careers early in our in in, in our early days, trying to figure out who who we were going to be in our professions. The one thing that you know you could do is work your ass off. And he can't play in half court basketball. And the playoffs are half court basketball. He can't play in the fourth quarter when it's half court basketball. Right, and there's a monster who's as good around the hoop as anybody that's in his way. 
And I constantly see those guys running their guys into each other. And it's, you know, I, if I wanted to be really nice about it, I'd say there's a ton of hope for Simmons. He'll develop the shot. You know, oh, he's so young. Fine, go ahead. I wish I could bet on it, okay? Because I'd make money. But if you want to be super positive about it, I think that those two, as I've always said, I think they're actually a really bad roster fit for each other too. Yeah, and, I, we've felt that way for a couple of years and there's just been no evidence that they're not a bad roster. I mean, they only won 50 games this year. 51. 50, 51 and 31, right? And yes. Bede was a top 10 guy. I voted for him for... I think I voted for him for first team on NBA. You were going back and forth with Jokic on that. I voted Jokic third MVP, yeah. but I put Embiid as, I think, eh, I can't remember, but I had him in the top 10. And Simmons was an all-star. Yeah. So, But he's popular. Like Simmons is is all-star vote popular. Yeah. But I mean, because when it's awesome, it's really awesome and it's fun to watch. They were in a weak conference. And it's certainly. Minute, the East is weak now, too? It certainly isn't a comp. I think the East is weak. It certainly isn't a, a combo that uh, inspires a lot of, oh, my God, those guys are great together. Can't remember saying that really that often over the last few years. They've kind of coexisted, right? No, when it, when it was good was when, you know, Embiid would run and Simmons would run and, you know, the, the secondary runner, you know, they were staggered almost, right? Like sure. one guy would be five to ten feet ahead of the other guy. And they're both really good passers. And then the other guy would make this cut because, you know, like say Simmons was backed up on the baseline. The defenders would go to him and Embiid would keep running all the way through. And then Simmons would, they could both do that with each other. And it was, it's awesome. But that's not, you're not, you can't run that play. Not in the playoffs. And Embiid isn't in shape for it right now. Whatever's going on with him physically. Sharks had a really good piece today about him. And a big part of the piece was his, about Embiid's conditioning. And he included this this uh, YouTube clip of Embiid in Kansas. It's a highlight clip, and you can look at you can read the article that Jarks wrote. It's on the Ringer, and it's this thing. And and I was like shocked by Embiid because this was this isn't like 1998. This clip. This no, it's is five from years ago, right? Five years ago, and he's built like Kevin Garnett. He's built like Kevin Garnett, circa like 2003 in the Timberwolves. Just tall, lean, athletic. And I got to be honest, I don't, I'm not positive I would have known it was him if I didn't go to the clip and it didn't say Joel Embiid in the headline because he's got a shaved head too. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have necessarily known it was him. That's how different he looked. So he's put on, I would say, 60 to 65 pounds. And that you, I think you want to say more. <laughs> you really do. I don't know. I never know with the seven foot three guys. Like, I don't, I just don't. He's like, like lose 30 pounds and you don't even. Because somebody told me Yao Ming's like 450 pounds now. And I'm like, sure. That sounds okay. I don't. I just have no context. He's a good 450, though. <laughs> it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a proportional 450. It'd be 7, 6, 450. Um, you want a great weight stat? I heard Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 270. Oh, yeah. That's been going around. Two. Yeah. He carries it pretty good. Oh, he looks great. Yeah. But the Embiid thing, like. You know, the dieting is obviously an issue. I thought he looked tired during the Celtics series last year. It seemed like the third, fourth quarters, he was really, really heaving. I could see it in person at the games. This year, it looks even worse. He's had all these weird ailments. I think the Sixers fans are, they're not mad at him, but it seems like uh, from all the Sixers fans I have in, in my life, they just seem, I guess, confused. 
would be the word I would use. Maybe he has a really bad lingering knee injury and they've just mentioned these other things and maybe everything's okay. I think he's looked tired for two years. So I've just accepted yeah. it because I've seen him look exhausted, grabbing on the shorts, dripping sweat. They stagger his minutes kind of in a very odd way in the fourth quarter. And Brett was trying to constantly separate Tobias. Well, I don't know why I pronounce it that way. I like it. Um, Tobias. <laughs> Tobias and Butler and then Simmons and Embiid. Like he would try to figure out different ways to stack these guys. But then I'd still see games where I'm like, oh, he's so tired. And then he'd score like 11 straight points to close out a game and win it. So I still want to sit here and say that I love him and that I don't necessarily still think he's the problem. Although here's the deal. It's, it's a very easy formula. When you're going to fuck with everybody else and call out everybody and make jokes and troll the shit out of people, sometimes people that have done more than you've ever done, it's going to come back on you. No one no one cares when you're winning. He's you're, the engine. I mean, it, it is fair. Yeah, he's I think. it. Yeah, he's it. That's right. Their fortunes are- Oh, so are, you're more down on him than I am. I think well, that's what I'm doing Only in, in the sense that that um, I'm, we, I think the tendonitis was an issue at the All-Star break and that if he was serious and the franchise was serious- you know, smart franchises do their best to to recognize how important their their most important players are, and they try and and have a game plan coming up to the postseason because the postseason is all that matters. It's all that matters. And he suffered from the tendonitis. I don't think the All Star break, you know, him participating in all the All Star stuff was helpful to him. They started resting him immediately over the last twenty some games. And it's been a lingering issue on into the playoffs now. And part of uh, Barkley's point and the criticism that Chuck advanced tonight was that the the body language of Embiid affects the rest of his team. If he's out there slumping around and 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 you know it looks like he's half stepping, I don't think it's a half step effort. It's just he's physically lumbering right. up and down. It's a good point. The energy that he carries, yes. good or bad, I you know I think Kyrie is like that. Um, I'm trying to think of the one time he's had good energy. Hold on. You hold guys, on. Hold just on. Do, I need, you I need guys three, do your Kyrie Hold thing. on, I need three more seconds. Um, <laughs> Uncle oh, Drew, I got it. Uncle Drew premiere? A month ago, there was a home game and his energy was pretty good. So when that, you know, he lifts the whole team. I have a very important question for you. Well, I have two, two questions in a row, both about Embiid. Not shooting fifty percent in the playoffs, shooting like forty three percent as a twenty five year old seven foot three center. When you go back and you look at the great centers of all time, you can look at Shaq, you look at Wilt, look at Kareem, David Robinson. I don't care who it is; they're all in like the fifty to fifty eight percent range, right? For field goal, just they take ten shots. They're probably going to make threes, either five though. or five of every six. None of them took threes. No, but I'm saying even if you remove the threes, he's below 50%. Not a good side. Oh, wow. You just said that? I'm sorry. Yeah, No, no. I'm saying it right now. Oh, okay. Well, that's then I have no counter to that. <laughs> I, this to me is- But should a 25-year-old stud franchise center make half of his shots? Th th I would is, say yes. If you were to criticize Brett Brown, this would be the criticism, I think. Okay. Putting him in position, thinking, you know, and and maybe it's the case that-, that uh, Brett Brown can't do it because of uh, Embiid's lingering, persistent physical illness, illnesses, ailments. He's he's impaired, and so they can't just run low post stuff through Embiid because he's not reliable. Well, here's my second important question. By the way, I was still with. I'm not going to give up on that counter yet. That I thought about it. I bet you Embiid's taking more weird, stupid, long two fadeaways, which he can still sort of hit more though, more so than those other guys. Where did David Robinson shoot from? 
Well, David Robinson was a st- statistical oh, god. Yeah, but he actually stretched his game out quite a bit. There, yeah, he was. No, he yeah. he took good shots. Yeah, and B takes the worst shots of any franchise center who's has the chance that to be an MVP. One foot sideways fadeaway. You don't yeah. like from your it's, seven foot no. one guy. It's funny because in Game Three, I thought he had the most important play of his career. That that when everything was breaking down in that close game, and he had that. Butler dumped it to him and he just barreled through the lane, did that spin move and made the key basket of the game. Um, This is an important question. I could give you any guy in the league for the next eight years. You take anybody. How many guys would you take before you took Embiid? Knowing the following things. How much he makes. Injury history. And you just have to hit a home run with this pick. This is... This is it. You, this, I'm giving you a list. You, you just have to come through with the pick. How many guys would you take before Embiid? I'll give you some candidates. You would take Giannis. Yep. Steph Curry's 30. I don't know. That's dicey. Mm-hmm. Harden's 30. Yeah, it's not even the Embiid money. It's just, just you know, this will has he be on the court? An, what am I getting? an incredibly healthy run by his standards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I'm saying, like, what does that run look like four years from now? What? How many games is he playing in the 2026-27 season? Like, I think it's a valid question to think about. I would like, all right, here's an example. I I think Jokic is a much safer bet for the next like eight years. I feel much better about the Jokic era versus the Embiid era. Do you guys agree or disagree? That's injury and aging because Jokic is already playing a game like he's 40. Well, Jokic is 24 and Embiid's 25. Right. Yeah. But but Jokic plays the game. Is if he's already lost all of his athleticism, <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> so, well, and to, on that note, uh, his passing, his big man passing, that's not going to go anywhere. He's going to have that vision for the, for all of the next ten years. So he'll be making contributions if he if he can't score because he can't move, he'll still be able to pass and rebound. We drive at Anthony Davis or Embiid next eight years. Which team is Davis on? I'm just there's no your that's team. That's it. That's the it's only your question. team. Yeah, Embiid uh, or Davis? I would. You could build around either guy. Davis is exactly the picture of health, and this past year really hurts his stock. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take Embiid ahead of the guy a year ago, where it felt like the world collectively agreed that he was the best player in the NBA. So I, I, uh, I mean, it's Davis to me. I mean, I I love Davis, so I'm, I'm going Davis. But how I about have. Kawhi, age 27, only two years older than Embiid? Will he guarantee he won't just sit out an entire year on purpose? Because that's part of the equation. You have to decide. You're. Uh, no, I'm going at house right now. You are because I you didn't know, know house a Kawhi was a, truther. He says he's a Kawhi truther. I am. There. I think he. I think he was in the right in that thing with the Spurs. House is always against the man. If there's any chance, that's he's against it's the man. true. I am against the man. I grew up that way. House, would you take Kawhi or Embiid? What do you Kawhi? Right. What kind of question is that? All right, now we're going to another level here. Terry Rozier, Carl Anthony Towns, age 22. Would you rather have him next eight years or Embiid? Embiid's. So much better defensively, I, but Towns isn't he- Towns is healthy all the time. You're the GM. You're going to get yeah. fired if Embiid is hurt. Yeah, look, I've heard, look, you don't have to talk to me about the Embiid contract issues, and I'm the I'm the guy that was like, I'm not even sure I would want to give him that contract. So Towns or Embiid? Yeah, Towns. Wow, I'm so strong Embiid on this. Really? What, oh, what, interesting. What, what, when is Towns going to win? Where is his instinct? At least I know he's going to be on the floor for the next eight yeah. years. Well, good. You're going to lose in the, in the first round of the playoffs. Congratulations. Dame Lillard, age 28, turns 29 in July. Would you rather have him or Joel Embiid for the next eight years? I feel like this game sucks, even Why? though it's great. No, it's a great game, but 
I just feel like everybody's too day-to-day with all these playoff things. Because if we were doing this after game three, we're like, Embiid, Embiid, Embiid. I think that's what ends up happening. But I'm trying to do big picture with you here. I'm going to stop there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still take Embiid. Really? Yeah, so yeah. Dan Lillard's the cutoff for you? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to it is it. a good game, so don't take it personally. I no, just, I, just I just shat all over the game. Porzingis I'll, or Embiid? Embiid. Who? Embiid, yeah. <laughs> Ding Lingus, what is that? I mean, the, the the reason I did the game was actually a different reason than you'd think. There's not a lot of guys I would take over Embiid, and I have no idea if he's going to be on the court the next eight years. The list is less than 10. By the way, Kawhi, somebody's going to check his birth certificate. <laughs> How dare you? Kawhi? Yeah. He's still always young. It is amazing that he's, he's 27. He's always still so well, that's young. that's because he was in the finals. He yes. was like 21. And he right a year away, off. Right away, the Spurs put him right into service, and he was immediately great. He's like so, a running back who's like, I've got, I didn't have that many carries last year because I quit. So the NBA game, the point is, I still think he's a top 10 asset in the league, and I have no idea if he's going to play even 300 games over the next six years. The Simmons thing is a different story. Two, I don't know what like, to do with the Simmons thing. I really don't. Like I said Trade before, him. it's disrespectful to even compare Simmons, our frustrations with Simmons with those of them beat. I, I don't even like this segment because I feel like it beat up on a guy that I still love watching play. And he's... Embiid or Simmons? Embiid. Simmons. I, I am so in agreement with RR on this one. We should never put Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the same sentence again. It's disrespectful to Joel. Yeah, but you realize we spent the last two years putting them in the same sentence. Not us, but just... The entire basketball community. I started slowing down on that Simmons stuff this year. We didn't they were, know. How, how would you know? It was exciting. If that's what he was as a rookie, yes. you're like, man, sky's the limit. That's oh, right. you came back as the exact same guy. With with the biggest weakness, the worst weakness you can have in today's game. I felt like the stretch he had last season, the last like six weeks of the season, then the first round of the playoffs, it really did seem like he was going to be Magic Johnson. And then you think about Magic, those first couple Laker years, like he couldn't shoot either. And even when he learned to shoot, it was still a pretty ugly shot. Yeah, the overall numbers for it, too. Like, I went gone back and looked at his three-point shooting. Magic? You would be mad at him taking threes today. Yeah, he was especially bad. It was a keep-it-honest three every now and then from him, which I don't even know, you know. He He got, by the late 80s, he was at least competent. Like how Jason Kidd kind of became competent. Was it even that good? He was competent. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to look it up because I want to correct myself because I quickly had forgotten David Robinson expanding his his game out. But that was I mean, that was all the stat nerds just couldn't believe you forgot about. No, I corrected myself because then I started doing my visual thing. I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. A lot of Yeah, magic in the ninety season, thirty-eight percent from three. Not terrible. That's very good. Yeah, he was thirty-one, thirty. That was a total fluke here, though. Well, he's my point is he was over thirty, which is like that's better than some he, he guys was, we have he was atrocious up until his 29 year old atrocious season. he was dude he was 20. no he was, no i'm with you yeah, he was all right, absolutely all right. atrocious and then he was 31 percent, and then he was 38 and then he went back to 32 and then he took off a few years and then he came back and just started well his percentages are good but he only took less than two a game so yeah he had one really good year let's uh let's take a quick break hey let's take a break to talk about state farm like life, basketball is all about working together to succeed. You need a game plan and teammates you can trust. That's why having a State Farm agent can make all the difference. It's just like having someone on your team you can trust to come through in the clutch, to make some plays 
Rusillo and I did a video for this that you can find on the Ringer's Twitter feed and on our YouTube channel where we talked about some of the playmakers in the Rockets-Warriors series, specifically P.J. Tucker, who you don't think of as a playmaker but has been uh, making all the difference with his ability to basically be the small ball sen- center against one of the uh, one of the best teams that we've had in the last 50 years in the league. So check that video out. And remember, having someone on your team that you can rely on lets you focus on what matters most. Talk to a local State Farm agent to get a trusted playmaker on your team. Maybe someone you can even trust as much as P.J. Tucker. Let's get your Rockets Warriors thoughts because you weren't here on the... Uh, on the Sunday pod and then Monday house and I did a quick reaction pod through four games. Our basic take on the whole thing was just an appreciation of how much fun the series was, how hard both teams were playing and just like how rare it is to see a playoff series where it's the right matchup, the right matchup of styles, the right matchup of intensity, great players on both sides. And then the Rockets with the big counter, which was go small. Junkyard dog style, PJ Tucker, all that stuff. So what what did you see? Well, I did my big negative Rockets rant last week after all the stuff was coming about with the calls and the leaked report. And um, I'm going to be positive on this one because I don't want to do that whole rant all over again. It's been well established how I feel about watching the Rockets play at times. But if you think about last year, like when Van Gundy would be doing this stuff, and I love Jeff when he's like, all right, the, you know, the Warriors are going to win the next seven, eight, ten titles. You're like, well, that's just not the way it works. Like they're yeah. incredible, but they're not – that's not what's going to happen. And he was saying that kind of stuff just a year or two ago when they were in the beginning of this whole thing. So if you think of the Warriors last year and the way we looked at them, they still felt like this unbeatable force. And remember how everybody reacted after the Rockets in game one, all the guys on TNT, because it was all the same stuff. And it was almost like guys hadn't watched them. It's like, yeah, they're going to spread you out and ISO the hell out of you. And then they're going to have you so spaced, they're going to just hope to out three to death. And they lose that game one. And all the guys on TNT start shaking their head, laughing, being like, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. And it still almost worked. You know, I don't know if it's Chris Paul hamstring, but all those things. Like I've left last year going, whatever you think in the the talent gap there, because there is a talent gap. When you have those three guys versus the Rockets' top three guys, Golden State's better. But there's such an amount of respect that I have for them to keep fighting and staying in this thing. And you could argue game one could have gone either way. Um game Definitely two could have. Game two felt like Golden State was more in control. And I know, you know, what the final score says. Game three. They go into Houston. They have this massive rebounding edge. They go small when that was the formula for Golden State forever. And that Hamptons 5 thing just is not the same because no one's scared of it. And everybody else has been doing it now for years. Or yeah. at least finding ways to compete against it. Like when that thing was rolling when no one else was doing it, it was horrifying. It was this like awesome cheat code where it was just over and you were going to lose. And that's just not the case. So to see Houston be in this spot 2-2, I pick Golden State in seven because I respect Houston, the team. I respect what they're – I may not like it all the time but I respect what they're able to do and compete in this whole deal. I just still feel like Golden State has this arrogance that is earned, but is their poison where they'll get a little ISO heavy with Durant now because he was bailing them out in games one and two, and that screws them up. Some of that's Houston extending their defense out and getting in their cutting lanes. But like when they ran that slip screen that was like a secondary thing on a cut, it was out of a timeout and Golden State ran it. And you're like, hey, remember when you guys used to do shit like that? And they don't, they'll go long stretches. They're like, yeah, somebody's going to hit a shot. Somebody's going to figure this thing out. Steph was abysmal in game three. 
Um, I thought he was was pretty good, especially attacking in game four. Clay's been really like Clay was so bad in game four that none of the shots felt like they were within rhythm of anything. It was like, hey, I haven't shot in a while. And I'm Clay, so I'm gonna get a shot up. So I still feel like Golden State is gonna do this, but my confidence is not through the roof with them. Like this is the least confident I think I've been with them in any series through this entire run. Because I just think Houston's like, look, we know what we can do. And if they're going to outread about him like that and hit as many threes as they did in game four, Golden State's going to lose. Yeah, even last year when they were... That was a long breakdown, but... No, you you earned it. Uh, Even when Golden State was down 3-2 last year, I still felt like they were going to win the series. This time around... There was no way they were losing game six at home. But, you know, game seven... Down 3-2 is... That's a spot. I wasn't worried. You were So you're more worried now for them. If they blow game five, I would be really worried that they wouldn't be able to finish the series because there's a couple things going on. We talk, House and I talked about the minutes and just in general, like this is a fight to the death. And even, you know, I think both teams' attitude is we're going to be better than the next round's team. So let's shoot all our, our bullets here. I personally think Denver would would at least be a little frisky against a really tired whoever. In round three, yeah, if it gets there. But um, the Golden State bench, I was looking at the bench stats for them, House. Because Livingston hasn't been good in this series. Iggy has been playing a lot of minutes and has been, you know, he's been typical Iggy. Gets hurt at the end of game game four. What was that, by the way? On what sure seemed to be a cheap shot. We never got the right angle of it from Chris Paul, but it seemed, it didn't seem clean. The play. He like kind of kicked his leg as he went for a rebound. Other than that, nobody. You know, I, I really thought I was saying on Twitter, I really want to see Jarebko. They don't even have an eighth guy. They're playing McKinney. McKinney played like 11 minutes. They've kind of given up on Bogut. It seems like they've given up on Jarebko. Jordan Bell's not even like the Jordan fact that they even announced his name the other night. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know. Wow. He sold they're basically, the team. my point is, they're down to six guys. And I think that's just that that's hard. That's that's so that's you're not we've counting seen Looney. That. You're not counting Looney. Looney, I count as the sixth guy. So then Livingston doesn't. I just think Livingston's to... been bad in this series, you know, and I think they've had trouble playing him. And there's been times over the course of the Livingston era where he's like actually closed games for them and stuff. And yeah, I don't, I think in this series that's not happening. Um, whereas I think the Rockets, like they have. Seven guys that I, you know, I think they kind of know what they have now. Capella's been weirdly not as productive as I would have thought he would have been, but he's still like a better rotation guy than anyone the Warriors have as a backup for that spot. Um, I don't know. It just feels like the balance is swinging toward the Rockets from a totality standpoint. Like they're seven versus Golden State seven. It feels more even than it did last year to me. I'll I'll go along with that, but I think Houston is going to ultimately pay a price for the personnel changes they went through at the beginning of the season and the uphill road that they faced after starting off so sluggishly. They put themselves in this position where they had to win games. The very They had to rip off a whole bunch of, of string of wins to get themselves into the top four yeah. to ensure home court. And then they lost that Oklahoma City game 
right at the end of the season. That's the difference between being a 54-win team and a 53-win team. And now they have to play Golden State in this round as opposed to the next round. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that's a good thing for both teams? Well, I actually think it weirdly worked out really well for both teams. It's not going to work out well for Houston if they can't win on the road. And I haven't seen anything yet that convinces me that they're they're capable of winning in Golden State. Both of the games uh, in— That's fair. Well, and the big thing with that is the— the flopping and the right. stuff that they do to get calls in Houston, they just can't do in Golden State because they'll show that on the video screen. The refs get mad that they got showed up, that Chris Paul flopped on a call, and now they look like a dickhead, and now he's not getting calls anymore. I don't I, think the flopping was bad in Game Four, though. It wasn't. I, it hasn't been bad since, really. I, don't I mean, think. Now, he, was, he had Chris Paul had a couple in Game Four. Yeah, he's always going to get a couple, but like I don't think it was anything. I mean, Houston wasn't missing shots. I don't. I never think Aaron Gordon's going to miss a shot now. It's it's unbelievable how good he is. And the thing is, is then when you start leaking out on him and you try to cheat a little bit, he's still good enough to drive past you. It's slow. It's it's this slow motion version of when they used to call him Air Gordon when he was in high school and he was this sick athlete finisher and everything. But like he's still in his head and thinks that that's what he's doing. So it actually works. He gets his ass into you. And he's he's been devastated. Like if he were named something else, if he were a second year guy that hadn't been around for 10 years with all these injuries, imagine the way we talk about him. Yeah. Well, he always had the talent. That sounded not enthusiastic. No, no. I was it, just trying to come up with the name. I, you said, can he's give one him of those guys. I, I want to name him. Send Bimums. I want to call him something else. Yeah, but think about the career he had, though. <laughs> he should change his name. Ben Simmons? No, no. Eric Gordon. No, oh, yeah. He should change his name to something else. Eric Branch? No, just anything. What's a great shooter name? I, I don't know. I like. I think he's in a good spot. Hawkeye. Shooter McGavin. <laughs> just one he just name. He needs a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> But here, I agree with you guys on the big picture point. Houston and Golden State are as close as, as I think they're close. Anybody's been to Golden State in this entire era, notwithstanding uh, Cleveland coming back from three yeah. games to one. I mean, well, but what's funny though, I I actually like the 2017 Cleveland team more. I just think Golden State played really well in that series. But I, I thought that 2017 Cleveland team was really good. The offensively, I thought. Uh, was the was the biggest challenge Golden State's had, but they were just running on all cylinders. The Eric Gordon thing, just quickly, think about the first seven years of his career. Just what a shit show that is. Like he, you're the, you're this lottery pick that comes in the league, and you're just on the Sterling Clippers. You're with Baron Davis. He was showing glimpses, by the year. way. Like he, he was yeah. showing glimpses. Like, this guy might be really good. I was like, going to a lot of games in 08, 09, and I was like completely all in on Eric Gordon. And even when he got thrown in the Chris Paul trade and people were like, they didn't get enough. Uh, I, I was like, Eric Gordon's like, that is a great blue chip guy. If he's your lead guy in a trade package, that's really good. And then he was terrible in New Orleans. But he he was in two really weird ownership slash franchise slash medical staff slash situations that. He also signed um, the restricted tender, wasn't it, with Phoenix? Yeah, and, and then they matched and it. They ma- and he was, he was like openly bullshit about it and it was like it got a little weird yeah it's just i think some guys just you can end up in the wrong situation and it starts defining your career and he goes to houston and now i mean the the the, one of the crazy things in the playoffs is he's just outplayed clay thompson completely in this playoffs in the uh round two which i was not expecting um yeah from a totality standpoint i think harden's better than he was last year he certainly has He's up a level with the kind of shots that he can create for himself at the end of games. 
And I, I just don't think the Warriors are as good as they were last year or, or the year before. I, this is definitely a team that's heading toward the finish line. And to, going back to the point about um, playing in round two versus round three, you know, in a weird way, like for either of these teams, if they lose this round, now you get to go home in mid-May. You can actually regroup for next year versus if they if this had happened in round three and you're at like the 20 playoff game mark, it could be just as debilitating as it was for Houston last year. Like Houston didn't really recover from that playoff run last year until like December. You think that was physical or mental though? Both. Uh, I don't, I would need somebody to show me a study that that would change losing second or third round. And I still probably wouldn't believe their study. I, I don't. I think you, it's I, better for, I actually think it's better for the Warriors. If they're going to lose round two or round three, I'd rather lose sooner than later. No, because if you lose round two, then you probably cost yourself a ring because they should be able to beat Portland or Denver. And we still don't really know what to make of the teams to the East. So I, I look at it like I would never be going, well, hey, at least we'll get rest. I would say I have six bullets and I fired five and I just wasted one going out in the second round when you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, but you know, don't Curry we, could turn his ankle at a point where you're, you're a 45 win team and you're like, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm just, that's the rest stuff where with LeBron, I'll buy it. LeBron getting to take this year off in the playoffs, yeah, but there that, has but, to be a benefit to that. For Golden State going out in the second round. But don't all three of us agree that this is the finals? I think the winner of this series wins the wins the title unless yeah, somebody feels, gets hurt. It feels that way unless... You know, I, so I'd rather know now than, than two weeks from now. But Let's I get it I over with. Can I win the finals in round two? Great. Up, I think it's a made-up benefit. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible that there's a benefit, but I don't know that there's any way to quantify it. It's like, hey, you know what made us really good is that we went out you know, 11 days earlier than we would have if we lost in the, the Western Conference Finals. I don't it's know. It's like two weeks. And I also don't know, like... It's two weeks of hoops. How tired can you get playing in Houston's offense? Yeah, it, it's a great point. The, the, the interesting thing to me is how different is this conversation if Boogie's playing? Like, you know, you, you, you just went through how thin Golden State's roster is. Essentially, uh, their off-season move... Definitely would have helped. Their all-in off-season move was, was Boogie... Uh, that was their one big free agent signing. It looked like it was poised to be the thing that was going to carry them right on through. How close is this if Boogie's playing? Well, think and think about this. Brooke Lopez signed for what with Milwaukee? Like $4 three million? Man, oh man. Like think if Golden State had gotten Brooke Lopez instead of Boogie. Imagine if the Lakers had got had him. Oh my God. I think Boogie would have had a maybe a couple really good Boogie games. And then I think there would have been other games where chasing some of the stuff around and being in this high screen and getting isolated that far out where they would have wanted to get him off the floor. So, I, I well, think, But it would have done one thing, though. It would have made it impossible to play P.J. Tucker at center, I feel like. I mean, you could do it for short doses, but the, and you I can't wonder, put that kind of abuse on P.J. Tucker's body. And by, and by extension, the impact on the rebounding advantage that Houston had the last two games at home. Oof. I mean, I'm looking at the bench numbers for the Warriors that last game. Looney played 22. Livingston was 14. McKinney was 11. That was it. That's the Warriors bench. It's pretty rough. Jordan Bell didn't get credited for a minute. Uh, they brought him in with like six seconds. Yeah, it was six it. seconds to go at the end of the half. He came <laughs> in up. And uh, Club Trillion. And Dan Tony basically played seven. Like Shumpert and, uh, and Rivers off the bench. That's it. He's good to go with that seven. Which is the same thing he did. I don't know if you remember... Uh, the Suns Mavs, Phoenix, 06. Yeah. Mm. 
when uh, Omari went down and he was just like, I'm just playing seven guys this entire playoffs. <laughs> Didn't work as well. By the way, speaking of that, I was trying to think about how rare it was to have like an iconic kind of round two matchup versus having it in round three. So I went back and I went through every playoffs. I was shocked by how few really good round two series there's been. So here's the list. 2017, Celts Wiz. Oh, yeah. That was a really good series. It didn't really affect the title. It wasn't like either of those teams. Franchise even made the defining finals. for Washington. Wiz were the better team, though. Two, they were. They 2015, were Rockets Clips. Another famous one. 2014, OKC Clips. Only went six games, but that was the, uh, the famous Chris Paul meltdown. 2012, Pacers Heat. Remember this one? Pacers go up 2-1. Yeah, they wanted the everybody heat, wanted to trade oh my Bosch. God. It was trade Bosch radio. The heat, for two it's days. falling apart. This is the biggest disaster of all time. They didn't come back to one and six, but that was an exciting series. 2010 Celts Cavs. Cavs up 2-1. Rondo suddenly becomes the best guy in the series. LeBron's last Cleveland series before he came back. 2008 Celts Cavs. That was Pierce an awesome versus series. LeBron. Hey, Seven was, games. Yeah. Great one. 2007 Spurs Suns. So out of all these ones I just mentioned, and this is the seventh of the bunch, Spurs Suns was another one that felt like the title was at stake. And that was the one where Nashy, the bloody nose, yes, yes, uh, yes. the guys came off the bench and That's the I Bobby think game Ori four. Game. And yeah, it was Amari like, got suspended. At some point during that series, we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, the, whoever wins this is winning the title. That's just how this is playing out. Uh, that one I agree because that used to bother me when the Suns didn't win a title and people were like, well, you can't win that way. And you go, no, no. There's a difference between you can't win or you're, you just didn't. And yeah, that yeah. was that was a Suns team. And they were balanced enough defensively. If you look back at some of the defensive numbers, they're better than people remember it being. Oh, yeah. Where it, they were, they were big. I, I agree with you. The winner of that series, I thought, would win. And it. we felt that in the moment. It was yeah. a non-basketball thing that changed the series, too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a basketball And I remember play. Stern went on Dan Patrick's show afterwards. Because everybody was just mad about it. They were yeah. like, hey, you know what? Like, this sucks. Like, this stuff shouldn't happen. Like, I get the intent of the rule, yeah. but this kind of sucks, and you're hurting your own product. And and Dan Patrick was doing the afternoon show at ESPN, and I was at work that day, and Stern called in. So, like, I went into a studio and went to listen to the whole thing. And Stern was like, the only reason I'm coming on, because Dan kept being like, commissioner, commissioner. And Dan Patrick was, like, great with that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. willing to challenge him. But also, you know, he's smart, but he's also thinking about like what the fan wants. And he was kind of going at me like, this is just not what we should be doing. Dan, and he was like, the only reason I'm on is you are an opinion former. You form opinions based on what, and I'm telling you, this is the rule. You know what's funny? Is this shit happens all the time with guys stepping on it. And then we have this new out clause where it's like, oh, well, that was a stoppage of play. Or that was a, that was a timeout within the game. So there's all, like the Westbrook one. Like we've had some stuff. Chris yeah. Paul should have been, suspended a game for contact with the ref oh yeah in, sure earlier in this series and, and he didn't game you one. know what i'm not i'm not the guy that's mad at home going he should have been suspended or that guy's foot was on the line silver and however they're doing this they really i think they learn from that where they go let's not try to find ways to start suspending guys for standing up with on the one bench. exception draymond in 2016 they yeah, could have rescinded was, that tech. There was more that you could point to in the. Uh, but that that swung the series. It absolutely swung the series. But I'm I'm just saying for Draymond, it was like okay, this isn't this one isolated incident. No, it was yeah. one nasty 16th. incident that, with. That's right. right. So I I don't know that that's ever been because I just think it's funny. You're like, oh, there's going to be no suspensions because the NBA ruled that that was during a timeout. Yeah, the like, timeout was just starting when that happened. <laughs> 
In 06, we had two of these. This is the last one I want to mention. Suns Clippers was a really, really great series that I still feel like the Clippers had a chance to make the finals that year and they blew it. Dunleavy. Is blew that when a game. Sam Cassell had like a 10 second call against him? No, it was when. Uh, you no, know, I think he did though in that series. They brought in uh, somebody to guard Roger Bell who hadn't played all year. It was like Daniel Ewing or somebody like that. And he forgot to get up on him. Suns tied the game. Um, but then the other one was Mavs Spurs, which is one of the best series of that decade. That was uh, seven games in San Antonio. Spurs up three. Dirk goes down the lane with like 15, 16 seconds left. Fouled by Manu. Gets the layup. Tie game. They win an OT. That had the feeling as well of like, ah, now whoever wins this is going to probably win the title. And then that was being borne out until the refs stepped in in the finals. But I think that was... so. I, Basically, based on my research, this has happened three times in the last 14 playoffs where we've had the finals at stake in round two, probably. I don't know. 20%. No, I mean, I, yeah, you did the research. No, I was just... I, I can't... I agree with... We agree with you. Yeah. Stop you don't scolding think there's, us. You don't think there's any way Milwaukee beats either of these teams? I'm not going to say that. No way. Toronto? Right? Yeah. It just... The Milwaukee thing seems limited in that can Giannis really do this against a good team? <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying that as, as I'm knocking Boston a little bit. Oh, they but, deserved it. But is there enough scoring there to keep up with whatever Houston's going to be doing? You know, I mean, that's that's all I do. But I still look. I will still pick Toronto against Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Can we, if that's can what we do it is. three minutes on Boston? Just three. Just three? your three minutes. Well, this is what I was trying to tell everybody for about six months, okay? So when you give us 82 games of evidence that you're kind of never really going to figure it out and you're kind of weird and you're kind of disappointing and your GM, your coach, your star says it three or four times and then every role player and every young guy's basically telling us all season long that something's fucked up. You know what I do? I believe it. Right. I believe it because I still watch most of these games and I go, yeah, you know, whatever. So like, look, game one against them, you and I did a good job of not freaking out about it. Maybe I did a better job than you, but I'm no, I'm actually serious. You did. I came in here thinking you were going to be freaking out and you were like, nope, nope, nope. Let's see what happens. Boston did everything they thought they were going to do in that first game with the defensive approach to Giannis that he apparently wasn't ready for or none of his other teammates. Yeah, were, I was more surprised by buttonholzer, like the just the way he kind of coached game one. That's why I was suspicious of the result. Right. And that's why with Giannis, I'm going, how, like you, you just played him last year with the same coach and granted it's different pieces, but yeah. you know, like you're going to have to get rid of it quicker. You're going to have to go quicker. Like that's it. You're going to have to be just more decisive of what you're doing and don't let them set up defensively. Boston got all that offense that they thought they were going to get. And you're watching Kyrie in game one and you go, you know what, for all the bullshit, this is why you want this guy because there's not many dudes who can do this. But for this team to like, say hey once the playoffs get rolling we'll flip the switch it's like you know you guys have never done anything together right yeah like you don't get the benefit of the doubt no 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 we're gonna put out a promotional video like we still can't see a team in this league beating us seven games well it might be five dude it might be five <laughs> and i just i haven't enjoyed the team all year there's players i do like there's other players i don't like um, and for Kyrie, he's doing he's doing a LeBron here. This is what he learned from LeBron too. He's learning how to distance himself from a group that's been underachieving. He does it on the court at the end of Game Four. The I, I can sit here and talk about how bad the defense is, and that's fine. But then I do agree with Marcus Morris that it leads a bad offense. But Kyrie's thing is, I can tell in the quotes where he says like, you know, what they're doing defensively, you have to have a read on it. You know what, man? 
this shit actually isn't that complicated. Like if they're dropping their bigs, then you just make that adjustment. Like if, if you're playing basketball and somebody plays a pick and roll a certain way, they don't play it differently 10 straight possessions. They're going to do one or two or maybe a third thing with a different guy. They don't even do that third thing that much. So this stuff, he wants to make it sound so complicated because he's so profound. He's such an intellectual. He's a basketball genius. He's a basketball genius that couldn't be bothered to fight through screens and basically what felt like an elimination game. He kept screwing up switches all the time. wasn't just that. There was a couple of times where he kind of insisted on guarding Giannis. I don't know what he was doing with those. And I I thought it was Stevens, but then somebody put some of the clips online where He's telling other Celtics to get away because he's he got told Giannis. Morris, he, t- he pointed to a guy in the corner and told Morris, go get him. And then he stayed. And I, Giannis is like drooling going, are you kidding? And there was another time where he got switched underneath the hoop against him. My overall point of the, the, the Kyrie thing is that when he starts saying after the fact that like these guys are, or we don't understand, he's not talking about himself. He's constantly, he's now doing it. He is distancing himself from what's this underachieving group when really, you know, Brad Stevens is a good coach who's had a bad year. I don't know how you'd fix the team. The 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 Ainge knock, Stephen A was knocking Ainge, saying it was his fault for not fixing their roster. That's that's stupid. That's so nobody was mad about this roster when the season started. I thought it was a 67 win roster. <laughs> People have told me that. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> you said it. But but even if you didn't like what you had, you still have to figure out a way to keep yourself in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. There was no trade in February where you go, we're going to totally overhaul this and fix it. So stop being like simple in the way you just go, oh, well, the, the GM stinks and the coach stinks and all these different things. Ultimately, it's going to come down to the guy who has the ball in his hands more than anything else, more than any other coach, more than any other GM. And Kyrie sees a different person in the mirror than the rest of us see. And I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the run being over. I was shocked by how many people I heard from the last, I don't know, 30 hours from the Massachusetts area. Maybe maybe in the zip code of the- A lot of 617s? The arena. Um, Agawam. People just genuinely dislike this team. <laughs> it's like they, don't, they just don't want to watch this team anymore. They don't want to watch- Kyrie, they don't want to hear another about another Marcus Morris post game press conference. It's, it's one about, of the losses. We're soft, right? But then Marcus Morris coming out and being like, "Well, we need to do all these things." And be like, "Dude, yeah, you're you're like a seventh man. Settle down." Uh, but I'm Tatum's been bad. It. Tatum's been bad. Tatum, what's your biggest fear of Tatum? You said it to me today, and I I almost punched you. You remember your comp for Tatum? Well, I just worry there's some Jeff Green, Andrew Wiggins potential. I just can't believe it. I hope he's as good as Wiggins. I want to get your trade value column from the the first God. one that we published this will he year. Make the, you know, will he you make write the top forty every once in a while. You still are you're on the online. Here's with, the thing, though. With if I'm another GM, I'm trying to trade for everyone on this team because this was such a fucked up team. That's exactly you should be trying to trade for every guy on this team because I'm, I'm I, actually, there's no way to know. You know the answer is subtraction. No, like, look at Jalen Brown. Like Jalen, I'm Jaylen, actually Tatum, proud Those of guys him. might be really good, and we just have no idea. I'm proud of the Me game too. that Jalen ended up having, but because it was so bad in the beginning, and you knew he'd be sulking. Here's a here's a mind bender like, for Rogier you. Rozier might actually be decent if it was any other team. He's <laughs> oh, looked like one of the worst players in basketball. Did the Eastern Conference Finals run fuck this team up? The floor is yours. No, of course not. Not not in any way, shape, or form. Ooh. The Celtics made a very uh, well-adjudged gamble 
on Kyrie Irving. It was, it was a great trade. It was a sensible gamble that. on him. It, it was turned a it was great out trade. Great trade. That. They were it's wrong a great trade. about him. I agree. I know. That, that's right. No, but you, you still had a guy do, who's Isaiah like Isaiah Thomas in the eighth pick. Yeah, it's a great trade. Yeah, okay. Kyrie. Crowder. Kyrie's yes. going to make second Zizic's team. may come back. You know, it was a great, Kyrie's going to be a second team All NBA guy this year. Who? Now, unfortunately, I watched all the games. I voted for a third team. Um, he's one of the most frustrating athletes I've ever watched in my life. But that guy's really talented. It was worth the gamble. It was worth they the heard, gamble. They knew all the red flags. They heard all the bad stuff from everybody in Cleveland about how he wouldn't talk to anybody for three weeks. And he was in one one mood one day and a different mood the next day. And he thought he was better than LeBron. And then he just wanted to be LeBron's sidekick. And he would, the, the rap over and over again on him was, this guy's all over the map. You don't know what you get week to week with him. You don't know which guy is going to show up. What kind of Good map? Luck. Topographical or Top, yes. <laughs> climate? I love those climate one. mats. No, but it, I, it is. I bet you he's good with a map. It is a concern when you have people in Cleveland just going, good luck. So it's like, is this guy young? Is he immature? Yeah, so why do you want to resign that? I because you don't my, want to lose the asset. You know? Well, I talked myself that? into the whole, well, he's playing with LeBron. It's LeBron is the hardest guy in the league to actually play with because you basically can't win. If your team wins, it's LeBron. If you lose, it's everybody else's fault. It was probably driving him crazy. He wants to be the it's guy. He wants to be the alpha dog. But Barkley did a great job after uh, game four. Like, dude, you asked for this. You want to be the guy. Here's a chance for you to be the guy. And you haven't been the guy this whole series. And there were multiple points in that Bucks game four where it's like, it's a home game. The crowd is dying to get involved. The Bucks don't really have anybody to guard him. You really? wouldn't think. Like who, like anybody in that roster, I'm not, I feel like Kyrie could slice the dice all of them up. And he just wasn't good, and he was so lost defensively. And uh, the defense bothers me more. And just you, the leadership if, was if out you the watch window. Some of those clips, like there's this thing where he'll get caught on a switch where it's at the top, and he would just run up the back of the guys and like kind of stick his arms out, like oh, you know, oh, I got like, caught. I'm like, stuck. this is game four. Now I do think Milwaukee's done an incredible job of staying with him and contesting shit at the rim. Because yeah, that's Ky true. Kyrie's mm -hmm. the best small finisher I've yeah, ever seen. Ever. Okay? Ever. Better than Iverson. Yep. And mm. against Milwaukee, Milwaukee has been locked in on this, where it's like, if you think you're going to get those shots off that nobody ever, like, we're, we're just going to sell out on you. And you could say, like, I know everybody's freaking out about the refs after game three. You know, Boston doesn't take free throws. You know, the Jalen fourth and fifth foul were, were jokes, but... They took like 30 free throws in game four and still lost. Which I know, I for them, about. which is nuts. That's but a big you know, number. Giannis figured it out, and there's nothing they can do with that guy. Nothing. And Kyrie, since game one, has been a disaster, both on the court and my least favorite part of it is analyzing in the most complicated way, which isn't that hard to figure out sometimes. So I don't know. Would you still want him in Boston House? No. I, good you God, wouldn't? What no. about you, Bill? Kyrie Irving? I, I want it to end. He can't be the best player on a contender. What if he they come back? He's the best player. What if they come back? 3-1 lead? Win game seven? I want it to be over. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I really... I, I, it's everything I hate about basketball. Hero ball, 25-footers, shitty defense, finger-pointing. It's like the perfect storm of things I hate watching a basketball team. Cryptic knocks on the rest of the organization. I would, I would honestly next year rather have Brown, Tatum, Smart, 
the, all the draft picks they take next year. Patrick Young. The Gordon Hayward one more year. Hopefully he can come back. Bring James Young back. Yeah, oh, saying, James Young. Just, James I, I just want a team that's fun to watch Patrick and Young, that plays man. hard and likes each other. I I have enough. We we all have enough dysfunction in our daily life. Sports is supposed to be an escape. I don't want to go into a world where my basketball team is like more fucked up than anyone in my real life. And that's what this last six months was. I, I spent more time thinking like, what's wrong with these guys? Why did Kyrie give that interview? Why did Marcus Morris say that? Oh no, what's going on with Jalen Brown? Oh, they, like, I, I don't want to have to worry about basketball players. It's ridiculous. They need to shake it up. It didn't work. They have a lot of talented guys. The mix didn't work. You got to move on. Kyrie's going to go to Brooklyn. He'll go to the Knicks, wherever he, he'll go to the Lakers, whatever he does. And they'll use his cap space and they'll get somebody good. I'm not worried. His Wait a minute. The cap space? What are you thinking, Horford? I, I assume Horford's going to opt out. I, I think the Celtics team next year is going to be dramatically different. Because Horford could opt in for $30 million for one, or he could opt out and try to get like 100 for four or something like that. And at the age that he's at, I don't at, know if he's going to get that. I think he's opting though. out. Yeah, but they, they, Ryan, like 15 teams have space for like no, two know, max know, guys. I know, 100 for him, especially, you know, if I you think watched he him this it. year, he's slowed down. Although, he, look, his, his best game, I think one of the best games I've ever seen from him is the Celtic was game one. I think we're going to find out. This is another thing going on with this team. I think we're going to find out after the season that he's had some injury that they haven't been uh, upfront about. Yeah. Yeah, because when I was at one of the games, they were doing some heavy maintenance stuff with yeah, him. Yeah, I think, the, I think he's, it's like the Paul George thing. We all knew Paul George had a fucked up rotator cuff. We'd know what the exact injury was. Season ends, then it comes out today, it's surgery for a torn rotator cuff. It's like, oh yeah, we knew that for the last four months. What do you think Embiid's medical thing's going to be? <laughs> Gas? <laughs> Lyme disease. If you don't have a good playoffs, it's worth being like, is there anything you can clean up in my wrist or something? I'm I, I'm trying to think of something super exotic. That's why it came up with deer tick. I mean, it's the best I could do. Can they sign and trade Kyrie for Alonzo? You're asking me on the pod live, and I don't know all the signing. I don't know rules. what the new sign and trade rules are, but if there was a way to stick Kyrie and the Lakers, I'd be all for it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd make me happy. LeBron and Kyrie reunited would be would be great. Sign up. That'd be like Billy Bob and Angelina getting back together. If they're if they have cap space, I think I think you're fine. Yeah. So I think we can do that. I think that's the biggest problem with the, the yeah, sign trade. Look, here's the thing. Unfortunately, he made this bed. You do this whole thing. I want a team. It's my time. I'm going to be the leader. I've been in the finals. These guys haven't. Just show it. Do it. If if you're going to set the stage for us for all these months, do it. The stage was set for you. Play better than Giannis. Play as good as Giannis. Play almost as good as Giannis. Couldn't do it. He doesn't even have to. I, I mean, I. It's the longest three minutes ever. <laughs> <laughs> Were we talking about Boston? Yeah. Let's take a break. Hey, you already trust the Home Depot for studs, sheetrock, electrical, everything to build your build your house. Now you can make that house your home by shopping thousands of decor pieces that suit your taste from sofas to area rugs to the fall floral you've been admiring. The Home Depot has all the pieces you need to create your dream space. From start to finish, the best part, you get free and flexible delivery, plus 
no hassle returns on everyday essentials and more. Find exactly what you're looking for at homedepot.com slash decor. Your perfect home is waiting for you. It is just a click away. So how sometimes when I'm soccer trips with Zoe yeah. and we have time to kill, I just take her to Home Depot. I like walking around. Home Depot, one of the best stores. They have so much stuff. I always talk myself into dumb things. Like, ah, I need a lamp. Ooh, a heater. You can always use a flashlight. I'm telling you, I've never gone into a Home Depot and come out with less than like $60 worth of stuff. I just like Home Depot. Yeah. For a limited time, save even more on the styles you love when you use code BSHOMEDEPOT at checkout. That's homedepot.com slash decor. Use the code BSHOMEDEPOT at checkout. Now there's more kind of doing at the Home Depot. Valid on select items only. Free delivery on select items, $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. Again, that code is BS Home Depot. All right. Uh, I have some, uh, I have some mailbag questions for you guys. This is from Shy Lank in Connecticut. Hope I pronounced your name correctly. Sounds fake. He said, Daenerys's management of her talent reminds me of OKC's Sam Presti. She lost two dragons, one to an already stacked team, the White Walkers or Golden State, and one because of a situation that could have never, that should have never happened, the Harden trade and Regal getting hit by the arrows. Um, now she's stuck with one dragon, Westbrook, um, an extremely talented but very vulnerable dragon when it comes to clutch situations. She is Sam Presti. Strong email. I liked it. Really good email. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been bummed out about the dragon usage going yeah, back no, a yeah. couple seasons because you lose the first one in what has to be the dumbest fucking mission in the history Wait, of television. Wait, save this for throne game. Press pause this. <laughs> oh, all right. We're giving you throne game at the end of this podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No so we'll just, we'll, I, I didn't know. I thought we were just answering. That's, that's great. We're happy with the, that email. Great email. It was a great email. I just, I'm with, dude, you have no idea how much I agree with you. Uh, if you were Trader Danny, what would you do this offseason to fix the Celtics? And are you still ready to drive Kyrie to the airport? That's from Rob in North Carolina. I feel uh, like that was already addressed. Uh, <laughs> I did address. What would be your in one move, minutes. though? Do you one, have move? one move? Yeah, you have one move. I'd, I'd make sure Tatum and Kyrie were split up. Okay. House, do you have a move? Uh, rebuild so that Washington can come back. Trade for John Wall's yes, contract. Trade for John Wall. That's what, that would be my one move. Um, Matt Griffith wants to know: Are we sure Joel Embiid isn't Dwight Howard 2.0? Dwight was dominant for a few years, then had a debilitating injury history, and he was a lovable mm. goofball until he was a super annoying goofball. I think that's just harsh and and uncalled for. I think it's I like Joel Embiid way more than Dwight Howard. It's disrespectful to Dwight Howard. Oh my God! Oh. Dwight Howard is going to make the Hall of Fame. As soon as yeah, he's this eligible. This is a tough corner for He's incredible. Okay, but here's what I like about Embiid versus Howard. Two minutes left, and I throw the ball to you. Do you have any moves? <laughs> the answer to Dwight Howard was no. He was on the floor Ad- for advantage, 80. Advantage Embiid. He he played the games, though. He did. He, played, he was available for the games. Oak from North Carolina wants to know, are we about to get an all-time bad body language game from Kyrie in game five? Well, if it goes bad, we could see a jersey removal. We'll definitely do a, a no handshake deal. Ooh. Like he is going, he is going to let you know 
that it wasn't his fault. I want some props on this. Yeah. We need to get Cousin Sal to get us some exotics. So the we jersey like to, removal is fantastic. We I like to compare this stuff to our pickup basketball game experiences from time to time, right? <laughs> Kyrie's the guy in the pickup team who, even though he's taking the most shots in every game and everybody else is just standing around watching him dribble, is still convinced it's everyone else's fault that he's about to get knocked off the court. So how does that guy act once the game is over and you've lost 11-9? What does he do? Well, he usually says... Yo, we got to box out next time. <laughs> that or is he, true. Or he just turns and walks away. You see his back. I and, actually and, think, then, and then we're behind him. We're like, bye-bye. I actually bye-bye. think Kyrie's the guy in the pickup game that you're playing to 11, and it's like 9 to 5, and he's walking back, and he looks over to the side to the guy so I have next game. He's like, yo, you have five? And he's already like planning yeah, how right, he can get right. back on the court. That's Kyrie Irving. That's really good. good. That yeah. is good. Thank you. Um, I don't have to shoot to get on with you guys. Yo, right. yo, you got five. <laughs> you got five. You got five. The Kyrie Irving story. Um, that would almost be like I'm a sorry. Pure, I, I like can't a, hide it anymore. I've I've tried to hide the Kyrie Irving thing for four months. I can't hide it anymore. The fucking guy drove me crazy all season. I, I can't feel hide like it anymore. You hit it poorly at times. <laughs> I tried. I I tried to be. Are you actually diplomatic. trying to sell us on the idea that you hit it all year? No, I did you, a couple times. I it slipped out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it definitely slipped out. I was with oh, you on one months ago. It did you more said than slip out. It popped out. I think you said you drive him to the airport. On I a did pod months ago. I months did. Ago. Yeah. I did. It didn't. I didn't so feel you, good about it. Are you basically saying like Kyrie's like a Pierre Maguire pickup hoops? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to understand that joke, go to read Pierre Maguire's Wikipedia page. Hey, oh, uh, Eddie's from St. John. Yeah, we we Priscilla has an unbelievable Pierre Maguire accent. He's from New Jersey, right? But he has a French Canadian accent. Yeah, but there's there's some timeline stuff there in Montreal. Oh, Eddie, his he's dad heck, was Canadian. He's a heck dad. of a second liner. He's even a better person. Had him in juniors. <laughs> but if your dad talks with that accent, you can catch the accent. I don't know if he can have a Canadian accent and go to Bergen Catholic. It seems seems sketchy. Well, what if his dad was talking Canadian to him? That's, that's What's his dad? Canadian? That accent. <laughs> Brad from New York wants to get wants Eddie to, Bell for. The Eagle. Brad from New York wants to know if it would be if it makes more sense for Durant to go to the Nets. Oh well, I can't wait to see Durant with Moutier and Neil Aquina spreading the floor for him like Clay and Steph did. So <laughs> I I do I I do look forward to that. Because the, the other awesome Kyrie prediction thing is that you know there's there's all people like all things are all over the league right now, right? Because sure. I feel like everybody's Everything. kind of repeating every like until I hear something new that sounds better. I don't know that I really trust anybody. But the one Kyrie Durant thing that I am hearing is that Kyrie, even though he's unhappy now, is that if he goes to New York, he doesn't want to be second fiddle to Durant. So that's the new no, one. No, that even can't though, be true. Even though they're Instagram buddies. So part of me, and I want Durant to leave Golden State too. I want this whole thing shook up. Sure. I, I want this coming back like, you know, when a sitcom's about to fail and they're just throwing bodies at the storylines. <laughs> I want to see. You're a writer. I, I know you like when they do. You understand <laughs> what they're doing there. Well, you know, there's some stuff you guys probably didn't pick up on. <laughs> it's like Kyrie's teammates with the way team plays pick and roll. Right. But It's like the writer's room. Do you, like, there's part of me that wants to see Durant out there with these guys going, why are three people paying attention to me? Yeah. Like, what? Why am I being triple teamed? <laughs> Why isn't anyone guarding Frank Nitalica? <laughs> I thought foreign guys could shoot. <laughs> um, 
Tony from Brooklyn wants to know, do you think Houston would have been better off not trading for CP3 at all? So you'd keep Harrell, you keep Trez Williams. I, I'm sorry, Trez, Trez Harrell and Lou Williams. And then that was really it. In that Beverly. Trade. Oh, and Beverly. Beverly. Right. Man. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I stand it, by the trade. They almost won the title last year. The yeah. goal is to win the title. It's yeah. It's yeah right I don't trade. think you can start doing this and looking at Paul now and then doing the math and the years left and be like, oh, that contract sucks. You're like, you know, Daryl's smart enough to know there's a really good chance that contract isn't going to look great there at the end. It is funny to think of it that way. You're also the, trying to keep hard and happy. You just well, that, spend that, a ton that's of money the on point Harden. to me. To the point to me is the impact of, of CP3 on Harden that those other guys were not going to deliver to Harden. And I don't even know. I'm just talking about like the psychology of it. And people, you know, uh, CP3 doesn't have exactly, you know, an exemplary record as a as a as a winner in the, in conference champ, you know, playoffs and so forth. But I I mean I think he helped Harden mature uh in, into to this you know perennial MVP candidate that he's at now. I think CP3 had an impact on Harden. How about Paul? Paul cost himself a lot of money and was okay with it. Like he was like, all right, I'm out. Once they redid the Blake deal, like he was, he he got, uh, he got paid anyway. No, he got paid. It turned but, out it turned out fine for him. Not in the gear. Not in the, whatever he makes in the first year of the next contract versus the last year. Like it's not going to be close. Alex said, "I really enjoyed the Simmons draft diary, Dame Lillard rereadables edition with Rosillo. It got me thinking about the diary from 2010 featuring Paul George. Can you read Rosillo?" your reaction to the Pacers selecting Paul George over Xavier Henry. Oh, wow. I think I'd probably kill the Paul. Paul George is one of my all-time misses. All right. So here's my draft diary moment when uh, the Pacers took Paul George. I present two athletic perimeter guys for you, both freshmen. Bullet point. Xavier Henry, born March 1991. Two guard, a top three college recruit in 2009. Started out in the number one college team regular season. 13.4 points a game. 27.5 minutes a game, 41.8% from three. Didn't get a ton of touches on a veteran team. Did everything he could to fit in. So obviously I like Henry. I Paul, just want to, before this goes too far, I didn't like Henry either. Okay. Paul George, born May 90. Small forward, not a top 100 college recruit. Best player on a 15-18 team in the WAC. 16.8 point, points a game. Shot 42%, 35% on threes. Played inferior competition. Whom did the Pacers take? Naturally, Paul George. Did I mention their best player, Danny Granger, is a small forward? I love the NBA. I didn't like that pick. How much did you watch Paul George, though? Seriously. Oh, probably just some YouTube clips. <laughs> Quickest scout in the business. That's awesome. What do you want to do? <laughs> Simmons has reports on 70 guys already. <laughs> and then when Memphis took he is, he is Henry YouTube at 12, brilliant. I said it was like last year's Hashim the beat pick, only the complete opposite. Wow. Not really. Yeah. Didn't turn out that great. Uh, but I, I can't, I, I can't give you a hard time on the Paul George one either because I just when I watched him, I'm like, I don't know, he's so passive, just sort of. I know he's big, but yeah. On the Demarcus Cousins pick, I wrote, uh, which I really liked. I said, I wish the Stern Cousins handshake could have lasted for 25 minutes. Stern sized him up the way a lion looks at a potentially troublesome cub. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a good call. That's a good I one. I get credit for that. Still one. true. All right. Um, 
So Joe Ritchie says he's a lifelong LSU fan. And he said the hype around Ben Simmons was magnanimous. By the fourth game of the 2016 season versus Marquette, it became apparent he wasn't a closer. When the game was on the line in the final minutes, he wanted nothing to do with the ball. Passing it off with no interest to close the game out, that became a trend throughout the entire season while at LSU. And he's keeping that trend alive and well in Philly. At least he has his one-and-done documentary, which defines his millennial entitlement attitude. Joe Ritchie. Joe. Throwing bombs. Uh, Let me tell you this. Ryan's glowing right now. He loved that email. (laughs) It was a good email. Got my LSU hat on. But I... If I'm being fair to Ben Simmons in the year he was at LSU, that was a really screwed up it really offensive was. team. One of the worst a, coaches. A, a bad coach, which is the only reason they had Ben Simmons there in the first place. But then, like when you watched him, it was four other wing players that thought they were as good as Ben Simmons. So they all wanted to shoot. So I always thought a lot of the the, the real knocks on Ben were unfair for a guy that was one year in. And then people say, well, he's lazy, he's soft. And be like, he's getting like 11 and 12 rebounds a game. Like, you're not lazy and soft when you do that. Uh, so and he was a good passer. He's, he's incredible end-to-end and all that stuff. But it's just, you, that, that, it just hasn't gotten better. That's that's the problem. He's the poster child for why one and done doesn't make sense. He, that he didn't have any business being in college. He did it so that he could be eligible for the yeah, NBA draft. They could have used that NBA year That's instead. Absolutely, positively. And But, you know, whoever it was in his circle that got enriched by him going to LSU and he, and treating it like the joke year that it was, I don't think that that, that, that uh, just because of, of what he's become through his career so far, that LSU year to me was just a complete waste. It's not indicative of anything. Ben from Pittsburgh wants to know who says no if a Simmons for Westbrook trade is offered. Mm. Well, apparently last time you and I did this, people reported I said that the Thunder should trade Westbrook for Lonzo Ball. You said that. <laughs> Kyle know. can dig that up. Dig it up, Kyle. All right, don't, because I didn't. Um, That's not terrible, by the way. So Philly would have the cap space to take Westbrook's contract on. I just think it would be hilarious for the process if it just landed them 31-year-old Russell Westbrook I would, coming yeah, off I would, three first-round exits. I would. <laughs> I, as with frustrated Joel as I am with Simmons, I think I'd actually say no to that if I, I were Philly. I would say We haven't even touched on the contract yet. But imagine if you were Embiid, you're like, are you guys fucking serious? <laughs> like, you, I have a 6'10 guy who gets in my way who can't shoot, and now another guy won't pass it to me? And can't shoot. Or will only pass it to me when it's an, an aborted drive. Um, I can't find this because I know the assist numbers always come up. Like, oh, Westbrook can't pass. You look at his assists. But like, yeah, is a scorer. West Hill like said, um, we have the ball OKC. every. West Hill said, Magic's not in the Lakers front office, and now he's really picking up his Twitter game. I would love to hear you and Ryan read and react to Magic's in-depth NBA analysis. Um, I thought this gave me an idea. I thought it would be funny to play, did Magic actually do this tweet or not? I'm going to read you tweets. I either made them up or they're an actual Magic Johnson tweet. And we could go back and forth. Yeah. And we'll go House to seven. First. House goes first. House, you have to decide, is this an actual Magic Johnson tweet? I love what I saw from Gary Harris tonight. He reminds me of Jamal Wilkes, exclamation point. Oh, it's so on brand. Yes, that's a magic tweet. 
No, it is not. Damn it. So close. All right, Rosilla, you I have a chance to get the he, hammer. Bill just wrote that because you're Wilkes. talking up Gary Harris tonight. Uh, so All right. It was in the moment. Nikola Jokic has really caught my eye with his two triple doubles in this series against Portland! Exclamation point. True. That's true. Because it doesn't say anything. <laughs> And 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 there isn't a reference to an old like he really baited me with that Jamal yeah Wilkes the Jamal Wilkes thing was dirty right that was really dirty. <laughs> I'm so excited for this L.A. Spark season. I can't wait for us to get started. Three exclamation points. That's got to be true. Not true. <laughs> oh, he's in your head right he now. Really is. I own you, house. You really do. That not be true. He loves the LA Sparks. Have you sure he hasn't said that? It feels I'm, gonna, sure. I'm going on his timeline. I can find that. Advanced search that. that. I bet you'll find it. Yeah. All right, Rosillo, chance to go up 2-0 here. All young basketball players should watch the Felipe Lopez 30 for 30, the Dominican Dream on ESPN. Must see TV. One exclamation point. True. That is true. God damn it. I'm so bad at this. I don't know. I would have said true to the second one, definitely. <laughs> so is that it? No, you got to get to three. I got to get to three? Get okay. to three. <laughs> oh, you can um, come back from it. Look at the Rockets. Yeah, you tie this up in a second. true. We went from best of seven to best of five quick. I'll be tuned in at 5 p.m. <laughs> PST to watch the 2019 NFL draft. That's true. That one was true. Whew. Hallelujah. It was basic. And you knew that would have been nasty if he messed with you on the start time and said four PST. <laughs> Giannis reminds me of my old teammate, the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, with the way he can control the basketball with one hand. Two exclamation points. False. Wow. Priscilla just owns this game. He's smoking it. I would have said true to that one, too. <laughs> I can I would, I, I've just read Bill for so long. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I've only known him 30 years. He just gets me with those old player references. It just I can just hear Magic saying it. <laughs> I wish you had done some. Like, God, anyone else see a younger Dolph Chase when they watch? <laughs> <laughs> Let's give House one more. Kevin Durant versus James Harden reminds me of some legendary player matchups like Michael versus Isaiah, Michael versus Drexler, Michael versus Reggie Miller. No, just stop. Kobe versus Allen no, Iverson. No, no chance. Shaq versus Tim Duncan. <laughs> no, no, dot, dot, dot. No, no exclamation no, Dot, dot, no. dot, though. I know. No, no. That no. was a magic tweet. How could it be? That was a that tweet. That means he had to do the research to get all those matchups. That was he, that, reading the tweet. It was he one day ago. Well, he did play for a long time. 4,850 retweets. Jesus. How many? 4,850 retweets. All right, one more for Russell, and then we're done. Just just cause, to see if you can throw a perfect game. For the, who was the 4-1 sweep over how, or gentleman sweep? How's got one? I got one. Oh, you did? Well, I didn't. I have one correct. You have oh, that's right, 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 right. and and yeah. three incorrect. So I'm one and three. But we're gonna see if you're gonna go four and zero. Oh. A big caps big congratulations to Tiger Woods for winning the Masters. Two exclamation points. The roar of the tiger is back. Exclamation point. <laughs> False. He wouldn't say roar. 
That was true. No way! Woo! Wow, Marcelo could have quit. House is still alive. He's a magic This would be a monumental collapse. Oh, it's going to be over right now. I'm going to, I can't possibly get any I feel like Kevin Brown. Correct. I got to sit up straighter. <laughs> I just don't think he would have said roar. The roar, the roar the I was I was there, and then the was roar there a of the tiger, tiger emoji. And the way I'm too? I'm trying to read, well, I'm not going to say what I'm doing here. I want to congratulate L.A. Sparks general manager Penny Toller for being the longest tenured twenty years and most successful general manager in WNBA history! Exclamation point. I think it's true. And that one's true. That was such a layup. Oh. You want Three, you two. want him to get the comeback. To be closer. <laughs> this is right. such a computer dicking right now on Madden. Like how did? All right. How did this he? This is for the win, Russell. James Harden's thirty-eight points tonight had the Warriors players on ice skates! Exclamation point. He led his Rockets to an even series, comma two to two. No. No exclamation point. No. I'm saying no. Nah, that's an actual tweet. He he said ice skates. Yeah, I'm starting to think this is rigged. <laughs> Magic's Bill, rigged. Bill didn't like that I was I was dominating so much in there in the beginning. All right, that's it. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. This is just for the tie for house. Had some great quality time with my sister Jeannie at dinner tonight. Hashtag family forever. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but it's absolutely hilarious. I'm going to say it's true. That was true. Oh, <laughs> three to three. Wow. Oh, so much pressure. <laughs> so much. We might have to go back into the uh, 2015 range. We have to go way back. I want to congratulate Rutgers women's basketball coach Vivian Stringer for being the first division coach in NCAA history to win 3,500 games. Exclamation point. I'm going to say false. He's right. I took a tweet and I twisted it and made yeah, it factually. Because I knew accurate. there was no way you were going to read me another real one after you were scrolling through them all. So no matter what you read, I was going to say false. Well, Rosillo wins 4-3. Valiant comeback house. And absolutely. Yeah. It's really, really impressive. Uh, all right, we're going to take one more break and then play throne <laughs> Why? <games. laughs> hey, it can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train, and if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet. Maybe even feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Don't do that ever. Trains are often going a lot faster than you expect them to be. They can't stop. They won't stop. Even if the engineer hits the brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. By that time, what used to be your car is just a crushed hunk of metal. And what used to be you, better not to even think about that one. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive the train can't stop, even if it sees you. Again, the train can't stop, even if it sees you. The result is disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. That is a message from NHTSA. It's time for a throne game with Ryan Rosillo. Yeah. House and I played on Sunday night just because it was right after the show. Can I get just sort of your vibe where you were at with it after the fourth episode? Because I didn't, I didn't get to listen to it. We, I, they feel like they're in a hurry. So, you know, there was, 
a lot of questionable strategic moves out there. We didn't understand how the dragon was killed, why it was kind of a a, a 40 minute mark blip in the episode where it's like, oh, she lost another one of the dragons. The dragons were kind of built up as a big deal. You know, it's like if Brady goes down eight minutes into the 07 season, 08 season, I'm not just moving on to the next scene right away. Like the, the dragons were the great equalizer and we lost one. Also, we didn't know that the arrows could kill the dragons like that so easily. Um, yeah, why were dragons so, were they overhyped for yeah. years? Like, it's, oh, you could just you could just mop them with a, a well-constructed steel tip? Well, and then we didn't understand why she didn't want to engage shooting fire and why she didn't bring the dragon behind the boats because all their arrows are faced one way. Just go behind them and just blast them with fire. Take them all out. Yeah. So that was one strategic thing that we thought was all questionable. And then that, the ending was that, the other that strategy. Whole deal. Well, no. Jon Snow telling his sisters about the family thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sansa immediately telling everyone. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. I need you to promise me that you won't tell. Snow's got that Tebow thing where he's always out of breath no matter what. <laughs> like, with Tebow, I'm like, Tim, just... Just fuck, settle down. Take a breath, man. Take a breath. Get, glass your, of water. get your breath. Like, recess is over. We didn't like that he trusted his two sisters, neither of the, whom like his girlfriend. Yeah. With some dramatic information that could completely transform everybody's <laughs> destiny. And Not and, a great idea. And he made Bran tell. I have something to tell you. Yeah, the king of Brand, comedy. Bran, tell them. <laughs> Bran. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh he was worried God. the king of comedy was gonna uh, was gonna spill the beans on him, so he was <laughs> like, "I'm just gonna get this out because that fucking guy, he's just sadly staring into the distance, <laughs> waiting for his eyeballs to run back again." I'm glad. Look, I'm glad they had a party because you feel like if you take out the dead, like you need to, you need a little, you're gonna blow off some steam. Absolutely, right? right. So like that made sense. Like I was, I was kind of going, "Wait a minute, they're just gonna walk around and go about their day." Like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. No, I was like, "No, okay." So now they're gonna have this this party. But I gotta tell you, like I don't think Lannister was drunk enough for that one because <laughs> Tyrion. He, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 Jamie. no, Jamie. So, oh, Jamie, yeah, like, he saw the movie made. Like, what kind of mead are you drinking? And <laughs> I, I just felt like, of he's just been my favorite for such a long time. That I was, I was little, little taken back by the whole thing, and then they had this like weird, complicated relationship. You don't think the V card? I'm sorry, keep going. Whoa, whoa, whoa house. What? That's an attractive thing to some sick men in the 1300s. That's a rarity. You know what? We're getting called out for calling it the 1300s because people wanted to point out this is an alternate world. Oh, <laughs> so it's not the 1300s. It's an alternate world. It's but that's all right. I I've said to 1300s too. It's whatever I want it to be, and I've chosen to say that. You it's know what in it doesn't 1300s. seem like is it's in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I, I think you still might be safe there. Uh, I don't know. Like Brandon Tarth, that's cool. I just felt like her and Tormund were a better fit. So, like, that kind of threw me off. But it said you were saying that Jamie wasn't drunk enough to step to her. Is that the I point? don't think the Jamie I know. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. She looks good on the and, red carpet. I, I mean, his no, was yes, Cersei. yes, I get it. But, I mean, you know, so there's that part of it. Uh, here's the thought. <laughs> You're on Greyjoy. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Good Hot? looking. He is good, good looking, looking man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I feel like the Ironborn get a real, real bad rep 
because they probably don't bathe. And a lot of your stuff when it's around the ocean water is going to stink anyway. We all know that. Yeah. And I, I just all of a sudden I'm looking at him kind of running this Navy and he's aligning himself with Cersei. And I go, is is he underrated? Are his looks underrated? Discuss. Um, I think he could use some crest white strips. He's got those nice blue eyes, though. Nice, nice blues. Handsome guy. I yeah. Cersei's made it seem like uh, it was a step down for him, for her. I'm not. I'm not as convinced. The uh, guy runs an army. Uh, he took down, We saw him navy. We we saw him take down a dragon. He's got. He's got. He's the last Lovejoy standing. He's 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 he's, a, he's really got him. <laughs> Great got joy. Missile launchers. And by the way, played by Pilu Asbeck. Pilu Aspect. Yeah, from Copenhagen. I'm a huge uh, fan of of all the guys, the actors. That Mads Milkinson guy or Mickelson, whatever. Which one is he? He was, he? In, he, he was uh, Lafiche, the Bond villain who had the blood dripping oh, eye. Okay. He was terrific as Lafiche. He was in Arctic, which I recently watched. Um, big fan of those guys up there doing their thing. So shout out. But I just, I feel like for years, Euron Greyjoy is this disgusting human being. And then I watch him with his boats, I, that vest. It's like a Varvados one. Mm. It's um, strong. You're usually better off waiting until this stuff goes on sale with Varvados. But I just, I, I don't know. I thought it was worth bringing up. But the dragon thing is, here's the deal. They knew that it was a better story if they didn't have three dragons mopping everybody. You know what I mean? Like when you can't just write the show and be like, hey, we've got three dragons and we're really smart about the way we use them and we're just going to mop every single army. So they had to keep taking the dragons away. So I'm sure the guys are just like, look, to make this more realistic, if the flying dragon love scenes aren't real enough, we'll take a dragon away from them. So now they only have one dragon. But I don't think that uh, Cersei, when they beheaded Grey Worm's girl, yeah, um, not being disrespectful to her. I just can't remember her name. Maricela or whatever it is. Yeah, Masande. Maris what? Masande. Like I like Greg Worm's girl. I knew. Oh you were yeah, talking like about yeah, yeah. Sunday. Okay. Miss Sunday. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. Miss Sunday. I just you know sometimes with headlines now you want to be respectful and inclusive, but I just <laughs> I feel like there was no way they were just going to let them parlay and talk it out, and now it's on. And I think, man, they've got two episodes to do this all over again. I, I'm starting to wonder, like, what will be the ending? Because it has to be something. It has to be something. It can't just be Daenerys sitting on the throne with Jon happily ever She's after. She's going to die. And a Starbucks cup next to her. Did Danny's you get any Starbucks? Dead. Did you guys do any Star Starbucks content? We didn't know about it. We didn't happen until Monday. Yeah, we, we saw it the next you day. Feel, or late Sunday When something night. like that's happening on social media, do you, do you sit around and be like, all right, uh, can I have a Vente dragon blood? No, that's not funny. <laughs> Uh, this whole cup is a mood. Oh no, that seems a little. That seems a little overused. Like, do you feel like you're left oh, out? Like, I got dragon do, breath latte. No, yeah, damn it, that's gonna work. I gotta okay, fuck. I gotta come up with a Starbucks Game of Thrones tweet before I leave. It is the funny house. how we've turned into a nation of stand-up comedians on Twitter. Yeah, everybody like, feels like, well, right, you know, get gotta, your one liner off about the Starbucks cup. Yeah, who's next? I, well, look here. Here we go. I like it. I'm just a dumb guy in Washington D.C. I like I, I I appreciate the cleverness of the Twitterati. I'm not I'm not against it. I'm just pointing out everybody had to do their line. That's the I'm thing. My Ryan. point is, you feel like you you're like so I like you have to check. contribute. Yeah, I'm like how what? Like okay, venti venti grande grande. <laughs> what's grande? Lattes, that's Daenerys. you. That's you boys. That's you ABC boys. Always be contenting. Some of us could just sit back and enjoy it. If you watch Mad Men a second time, the continuity stuff there is all over the place because it's constant cigarettes and drinks. They had no chance. 
they just had to have been like, hey, there's going to be times where guys get a full, you know, J and B going, and there's going to be a time where it's empty and the cigarettes are going to be all screwed <laughs> up and stuff's going to be happening. Right. And so when you watch it a second time, it's all, so I don't, like for people that do the, the people that are down on the show, like I'm still enjoying the hell out of this show, okay? And I'm excited about what the end is. I don't, I know that they're going to have to do something that I think pays off in a less predictable way than some of the other stuff to this point. Uh, but for people to go like, oh, this show sucks and those guys don't care. They left a coffee cup on the set. That's just. Well, I know for, you know, you're a writer. I'm sure that's frustrating for you. Like people you are know- actually starting to think this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> what the writer thing? What people? Couple writers. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wait, did you sell something? <laughs> yeah, you, you, the writers are. You get it. I mean, I want in. On Somebody this. has that thing. You I know wanna, I'm, you I'm just be- a guest, but I do want to ask Ryan a question as a writer. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's hear it. This is going to be so bad. Why didn't Cersei kill Danny? She has her whole army with the with the with the advantage of the everybody convened uh, for, from you know on, on top. The arrows are cocked. Just take them all out. That's Be what I'm saying. Like I don't think that's what she would have done. Like who what, wouldn't have done that? This, no, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I okay. just said I don't. Cersei, I don't, I don't yeah, where, Cersei, where's so the I, honor? Just as a writer, yeah, they, she was done. She whatever guild of honor she belongs to, like she stopped paying dues a while ago. Word. But again, this is us doing the stupid shit at home. Where you're like, why don't you just kill him? Okay, okay, is that what you want to have happen? You just want that to happen at the end. Of as a matter four? of fact, yes, that's what made this show so great over all these seasons. The the red wedding was like, oh my god, all these characters that I'm invested in. All of them, all at once, are dead. They're all dead in one fell swoop. Out th- I now think what's going to happen? Th- a Theon murder or Tyrion murder, I would have been all in on. I'm it, surprised it we didn't. Twice. We didn't lose somebody big in the last two episodes that felt really big. But then maybe that's you know maybe this is the kind of thing as a writer where they've already planned this out and well, it's so, going to come together. But there apparently these leaks going around right now, and people are losing their minds. But just I also, don't read the leaks. No, I'm not reading them. No, but not I'm you. Reading, I'm saying people I, out there. You but don't I'm have to click on the leaks. Re- reaction to leaks. But I also remember one time it was leaked that Brad Pitt was going to play Bob Marley in a biopic, and that went over really poorly on social media. <laughs> you know, people being like, I can't even. And like for two days, people yeah. were convinced Brad Pitt was really going to play Bob Marley. And let's just say some people were really upset about that. So. Game of Thrones has been about swerves this entire time, right? And it seems like this is headed toward too easy of a conclusion. It makes me wonder what the swerve is going to be. Okay, what, what's a guess? Give me a swerve guess, because so you're right. I have, I have one from my buddy J-Bug, which I'm going to get to in a second. As you know, a noted Game of Thrones scholar, the J-Bug. Um, As a writer? I'll, I'll give you this one right now. He said, has he ever everyone, written anything? He wrote this, this text. My buddy J-Bug says... Everyone's been waiting, waiting for the climactic Arya kills Cersei scene, but it would be classic Thrones to have that occur off the chessboard. Sansa and Arya are a nasty scheming duo. The leaking of Jon's true identity after Danny tortures the place she'll be hated, Jon will be the natural replacement. With Sansa getting what she wants, a free north of control, they're creating calamity behind the scenes. Kill the hot Missandre, leak Jon's identity, make Danny look unfit. And irrational. And here's J Bug's theory. It was Arya that ordered Grey Worm's girl to be beheaded because Cersei is dead and she has taken Cersei's face. Whoa. That'd be a swerve. 
this this is making me feel like I'm at the Willie Nelson concert again. <laughs> uh, uh, doesn't Aria have one more? I can exchange a face card left on her Starbucks card. That's a Kyle question. Kyle, <laughs> I didn't know we were counting. I thought she was just done with the rules. Right? Yeah, she kind of betrayed them. Does that yeah. sound realistic at all to you, or no? I can see it. I mean, she's done it like twice already. So, so we're going Mission Impossible here. We're just you think it's like up oh, face mask again. Mm, face mask. So the other thing I was thinking was, you know, Tyrion's been like the worst GM of all time. It's him or Billy King are the two worst GMs that have ever lived. <laughs> just over and over again, he's like, "Hey, we should do this," and that ends badly. Hey, let's do this. No, no, we can trust her. And every piece of advice he's given to. uh Daenerys for the last basically season and a half has been atrocious. So the thinking is, is he a double agent as he's been working for Cersei all along? Another theory. She hates his ass though. Doubt it. I'm rooting for it. Yeah, but if she's a double agent, why would she send Bronn up to potentially kill him with the crossbow? I don't know. I'm just throwing out theory. Why did he trade Gerald Wallace for a top three protected pick? They only like three guys in the draft. Bad GM, Tyrion. What do you guys think of the Back to the Future theory? What's that one? That the Daenerys parlay encounter with Cersei happened 10 years ago. Little Inception. I can't follow How would that happen? Bullshit. You guys know. I'm calling bullshit on it. <laughs> so that preceded the, the White Walker fight? Yes. Hold on. Let's read Magic Johnson's tweet after the throne show. <laughs> so excited for two more episodes of Game of Thrones! Exclamation point. Only one exclamation point? That's bull. This shit is litty. So, do you think Jamie and Brienne and Tarth they'll never see each other again? Or does that circle back? That just feels like one of those weird nights. That's weird, it? Yeah. So do we see her again? Uh, I don't know. But the timeline got really stretched there, and people had a hard time with that. And it's like, well, okay, boats take a long time. I don't Especially understand when, that part. Okay, but you know how long it takes to oar a boat? <laughs> like, they're rowing that shit. It's going to take a while. Dave, the last, this is season. Is boat even a phrase? This season and last is. season, people seem to be able to get from point A to point B, like, really quickly. Because remember, like, the it was second or third season, Jon Snow's just traveling. And he runs into the wild people. And that's just episode after episode. They're just kind of hiking. And it never ends. Yeah. In this episode, Daenerys is like, hey, we should go see Cersei. And then they're there like a scene later. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, we're here. I actually, I didn't have as much of an issue with that. But I think the swerve thing is the thing that I keep What's trying the to figure swerve? out. Because like Danny on the throne with with Varys just being her her aids is like okay that's that's basic it has to be something like Varus has already double crossed her ass he told Tyrion. I, don't, I just don't trust bald eunuchs is one of my one of my things they he's have that John, he's in john snow's camp now he'd be like I a do not draft guy. do not draft i'm telling you i think i th i said this on sunday i think this is sansa's world we're all just living in it i think I like john and danny theory. are both all cooked up they're gonna like be it. dead sansa's gonna be sitting on there so sansa gets that would be a really one. That would be a crowd favorite because first of all, everybody loves her because how cool she is on social media. But I'm right. not saying that's what the writers would be doing. But it'd be a crowd favorite, and all the stuff like 
was it Arya or somebody that was like trying to give her a hard time? And it was, and she's like, are you serious? Yeah, that was actually last season because yeah. I was rewatching some of the last season and yeah. Arya's like, you have no idea what I've gone through. And Sansa's like, excuse me? Where? Like, <laughs> Ramsey Bolton? Yeah. Ever look at his LinkedIn? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, or a zip recruiter, I meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't, I think that that would be something would be like, she went through all of this stuff. She always wanted to be a queen, you know, and she went about it in the way that, she was told to do it in the traditional way and then it's a real powerful moment uh a female's winning this show Agreed. there's no way a man is winning this Agreed. show Agreed. not a do chance. you think cersei when she took over the brooklyn nets went to Kyrie and said demand a trade work your way to the celtics and destroy them from within and then we'll sign you in the summer of 2019 take their dragons away no that would be Sh sean marks sean marks as cersei he targets Kyrie two years earlier. Do you think Kyrie? Here's what we want you to do. Do you think we have John, a max contract waiting for you? Jon Snow, like with his first three picks, would take Giants, <laughs> and they'd be like, "What are you, David Kahn? And he's like, "No, I just, you know, like, like where, I, where I see value on the board. Like, what's wrong with Giants? <laughs> but like, you can't only have three Giants. Yeah, you got to house them. There's feeding issues. <laughs> they're gonna eat. They're fuck. They, what are you gonna put them in a tent? can't just put a fucking giant in a tent like you yeah. gotta think about canopies and like big take a 10 year old like, girl you need well, for Gino's every skills. giant you got you need 10 regular people and you have a team of just three giants and people are just gonna <laughs> run around them with sticks but one of those giants lives in in um giant spain and is gonna stay in giant spain indefinitely right so snow could be like i didn't even know the third giant was moving down here <laughs> 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 Can we do winners and losers from the second dragon dying? Winners, all the cows? Because those dragons go through like what? How many cows a day? 20, cow? 30 cows a day. 20 cows a day. Yeah. I'll tell you, there's some rejoicing in cow land. Sheep herders? Sheep herders? That business just gets safer. What about the people that clean up dragon shit? Because dragons take big dumps. We don't see that. I don't that. think anybody cleans up that shit. Oh, you don't think? How do you think the dragons shit? They shit and it stays there. Big. Everybody giant dragon shit. Imagine a, dragon shits would kill people. Yeah, like well, if they hit a little one. Year, I don't shits. think they sh they shit when they are flying. I think they shit when they're on the ground. Oh, what, that's true. What if they shat when they were flying? That's my point. People that's like just you, it's that, like raining kill dragon shit. Yeah, they should have thrown that in. They have the CGI to do that. They should just one, that. just one reminder. dragon shit like Jon Snow's buddy Sam. I, killed by Tarly, dragon shit. If Tarly dies, it's not soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which character are you most afraid is going to die that you're the most attached to? I love the Hound. Yeah, but, but he'll yeah. be dead. There's no there's no point in keeping him around. I'm surprised he made it. Through. I thought. I mean, he could have been a more established character that died in the battle, and you've been able to move on. I mean, you know, you can do whatever you want with the storyline there, but with not having the Hound, they'd be fine. Would you go different hairdo if you're the Hound? Maybe go high flat top. I think kind of own, own I, this burns face. Yeah. Versus trying to cover it up with like the comb over. I've got a really good buddy named Mark. And he said something to me like 10 years ago when, you know, I don't know. I, it's back to when we were all single. And, you know, we were, we were talking to girls and he was talking to some. And I, I was like, what are, you, what are you doing over there? It's kind of early to set, you know, the, the tempo you're setting here. It feels a little early. Yeah. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Wait around till it's later when it's like more competition he's like if i if i if i have a read i have a read here 
and take take a shot. Yeah, and he goes. So if if I'm if I find somebody who's interested in me this early, I get, I got to make sure I follow up on that. And I was like, well, yeah, I know, but like all the guys are in town and that kind of stuff. And he goes, hey, Ryan, because I have never been a girl's number one choice in a bar in my entire life, ever. He's like, I'm not a bad looking guy, but I know I've never been the number one guy ever. <laughs> so. That's the adjustment that you have to make in life. So if you're the hound, yeah, he knows. Like <laughs> if I'm going to some stew and port bender, no one's ever going to go. You know, who I like is the guy with half his face burn off. <laughs> so why so, not own it with the high flat top? Yeah, because I think you kind of can comb it over a little bit, and I think that was kind of the style then. So I actually think credit for the hound. No, he's he's trying to stay stylish and not <laughs> letting the burn skull get in the way of it i or maybe maybe like just a really thick hat that maybe is pulled down he's just Could hat guy all the time a, yeah like one of those rush those hats that we're in russia when it's really cold out so the ear flap would cover the ear flap face. right the air flap hat would be good for the hound house who are you most afraid is how come they die? can't find a seamstress to put that together i mean it's fucking cold all the time up there by the way he couldn't have asked melisandre the lady of light to Hey, kind of throw him a bone. Yeah, yeah. Before, before you walk into, into death again, could you just fix my face? Right, before you kill yourself and walk could, off. Could you touch my face yeah. just for Any, three seconds? Just a concealer or something? <laughs> concealer. Imagine House. if he had one of those hats, though, in like episode five and everybody, like one of the scenes in Game of Thrones is like, have you seen how good the hound looks? <laughs> it just doesn't even make any sense. He's lost like 10 pounds. House, who, what character do you not want to die? I, f I feel like this might test... Our friendship. This might be. Yeah. The, uh, the, there's a line here. Um, and I, I don't intend to challenge it. I'm not trying to take advantage of the fact that I have a birthday coming up or any of the rest of it. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I don't care about any of them now. They could all die. The whole episode, they could, the, the, a meteor could hit their fake world and they all be dead. There hasn't fake. been nudity, any significant nudity on the show <laughs> in several episodes. And so as far as I'm concerned, Game of Thrones can be over and just put me out of my, my misery. No, that's not true. Braun had it going pretty good with a yeah, little party Bron there in the first episode. I, I, yeah. Again, many episodes have passed since then. I House, just haven't had my... We watched the episode on Sunday. You heard of Google? <laughs> I, this is, I like being surprised. <laughs> I like the surprise. Let me, <laughs> let me have my. <laughs> I'm at an advanced age. Give me, give me my little pleasures. Is it too much to ask? He's thirty fifty. Give me my little pleasures. Doesn't take much. We were watching the show Sunday, and they showed the card at the beginning with like this episode contains adult language violence and there is no end and house goes god bitch. damn son of a bitch where's the end no end really TV. <laughs> my mom's in the other room making meatballs for us it was the best classic house so house doesn't care about anybody that's uh, true you know what i would like to say though big winner that we we left out the dothraki how are they the winner they all got wiped that, out the fact that there was a few of them hanging around at that party in episode four <laughs> i was like wait a minute you guys Come on. It's all good. You're all good? Like the 20,000 people you lost? Come on, guys. Like, where were, where were you guys? I mean, speaking of tactical miscalculations, <laughs> she sent her whole crew in to get slaughtered 
with the holding back the dragons. What yeah, about we, laying a little cover fire? It's been covered. We didn't like that. What it's are we talking covered. about? Didn't like that. It's been covered. I'm a military, not historian. I have say, a controversial but, but, uh, tactician. Uh, it's a hobby. My, fa- my favorite character is Arya, and I don't want her to die. That would bum me out the most. But my number two favorite character, just purely for comedy's sake, is now Bran. <laughs> I fucking love every Bran season. I'm I so excited. It turned. It won't <laughs> for you. It's just so He's bad. so bad. And he's ha- so depressed. I'm hashtag Bran for life. Bran, I agree with you. Branny Downer, like, just fucking You should go me. as Bran for Halloween next year. It would be great. Well, I'd probably, <laughs> no, you somebody would get mad, that. right? You can't do that. What, you could get in a head wheelchair? No, it, but you could dress up without the wheelchair. <laughs> just walk around the in the brain outfit with like yeah, wet, yeah, nobody's white contact lenses. Can wear white contact lenses, so you just have and, white eyeballs. And what? And walk around? Yeah, in a brain outfit. Yeah, but you'd have to lurk. Just being super weird, creepy, yeah, you just, judgmental. You would check in on kids that were trick shooting in your neighborhood, and you just like creep up sidle behind them quietly, like, you guys getting candy? <laughs> That actually would be worse than you in a wheelchair. So no, but just no. You'd walk around with a chair, and then you would sit down in it, and then you would just judge people. Yeah, you would just judge people, and then say things like, "You're thinking about your ex girlfriend, aren't you?" Just like what? (laughs) Who are you? The things we do for love. (laughs) I could solve all your problems, but instead, I'm just going to sit here outside and freeze. Every (laughs) my whole life's in the past. Every time he's in a scene, I'm delighted. All right, we're wrapping up Throne Game. Uh, before we go, House. Yes. You're rarely with Rosillo, especially with live microphone. Do you have any questions for Rosillo? Oh, God. I he's an so, open book. He I, loves talking about ESPN, media, weird media stories. Like, he's an open book. He's ready. I have a million questions. I didn't know that this opportunity was going to be presented to me, and so I don't know where any of the lines are, but I want to live single life through Ryan Rosillo. And, in Manhattan Beach. Uh, I'm going to save that for the next time that we're together because I, I really have a lot of questions. Any Van Pelt questions? You guys go way back. I love Scott Van Pelt. You he's guys a, are he's a DMV, DMV homie. I mean, I've 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 lived vicariously through his public DMV persona all these years. He loves golf. I love golf. He went to Maryland. I grew up two miles from Maryland. I rooted for all those Len Bias teams. We're pretty close in age. He's a couple years. Older than me. He's from Montgomery County, Maryland, as am I. I mean, he's a hero of mine. You may have just outed you may have just added his age. That's not gonna go over well. Oh. Isn't his age a public record or no? It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret? <laughs> Has been for years. You serious? I don't feel how comfortable. How hard is it to how hard is it to find out when somebody graduated college? With him, it's actually a little dicey. Really? <laughs> Mysterious. Did he graduate college? Is that yes. why it's dicey? He did. Hey, look, it is with me. What it says on the paper and what it is in the records are two different things, too. Do you think they should dress Stanford Steve as as Bran for the last two Sunday night episodes? <laughs> just this is there. a great idea. He's just sitting there judging SVP. Talk about Adult bad Sports beats. Why did you bet the Hawks? What? <laughs> Maybe that was your mistake. You had the under in the first half. Figures. If you hadn't rushed to commercial, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Oh, John Butchergrass again? Hmm. The phone's ringing. Maybe it's Norby on the phone. Maybe you should answer it. I like it. Let's do it. Ask. See if you can pull that off for us. Stanford. It's Steve such a good idea that it has to happen. A text will be sent. All right, right at the end of this podcast. Yep. Um, I don't want to text during the show again. All right, so here, so you're going to do that. I'm going to drive Kyrie to the airport. House and I are going to play golf tomorrow. Yeah, more golf and steak. Um, and we're going to eat steak tomorrow night, and it's all going to be great. 
uh, this was this was fun. Little Tuesday night, and then we're back Sunday night. Sunday night, right? Going to New York City tomorrow. Um, going to be doing some ESPN stuff, and uh, yeah. So then get I'll up. be back. Yeah, you're going to be on television. Jalen Jacoby, get up, and um, we got another cool thing that we're doing. So, Ooh, all right. Um, Do you know when when Rosillo finishes his get up segments? They're like, and clear, like for a commercial. And he just looks around and he goes, crushed it, points to himself. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the get up people told me. Uh, I'd like to see a picture of that. Crushed it again. I don't say anything to any, I don't look at anyone when I do it. I just walk out. <laughs> Are you going to see Will Kane when you're there? Yo, y'all got five? I will see Will Kane when I'm there. I can get you Will Kane on this podcast. Can we have him, can we have him call in? Yeah. Are you serious? I, I brought it up before. I thought you kind of laughed it off. I think no, it'd be funny. What do you mean laugh it off? I love Will Kane. You're, you're more, you're, you're a fan on him quicker than you were me. That's not true. It's, it's, I'm not telling true. you, you like, you're. Not true. Here's what I like about Will Kane. Commits to the take. That's he's that like, first take tree. He's like, I have a take. I'm selling the shit out of this take. And I'm never relenting. Yeah. And by the way, I Patton. really genuinely believe this take. Mm. I'm now going to sell it to you. You don't think he always believes it? I think there are times when there's overwhelming evidence that goes counter to something he's been saying for a while where he knows it's probably really good information and he'll find a way to kind of. House and I were driving back yesterday. We were listening to him and he was about to start. Hey, his think segment. about it. He's, he's a year in doing this for a He's been awesome for a guy a year in. Like, I get that people don't like his politics and all that stuff, but as far as the actual act of hosting a show, I just like the takes. So he's starting a segment. I'm like, watch this house. He's going to fucking take, take coming. He's going to sell the shit. And then he's like, coming up. And then it was like about the Cleveland Browns. And house was like disappointed. He was like really ready for the world. <laughs> so now he's got to listen to like the Will Kane podcast. I'm fine with that. I mean, we were driving today. Who was talking about Dak Prescott? Oh, we were listening to Speak for Yourself today. Yes. That, we were driving to play golf. I enjoy Speak for Yourself. Uh, they were talking about whether Dak Prescott's worth $30 million a year. <laughs> and we were just laughing. And one of the guys on the show was like, look, if you don't have Dak Prescott, you don't. if he doesn't take that money, who are you going to give it to? And there was just silence. And we were like, uh, nobody? It's fine. <laughs> It's okay. It's Dak Prescott. I think you'll Dak's, be okay. I'm okay with paying Dak 30. 30 million a year? Uh, the way the new contracts are going to work out with the bump and everything that's going to be happening here. Yeah. Like I, I, with quarterbacks, it's like, what are you for a start? So you're going to. I'm argue, not okay. Look, I'm not telling you you have to, but he's going to get 25. I just think this he's is getting the exact. 20, he's getting is, 25. But this is the exact same line of thinking that House said to me two years ago when they were about to pay John Wall 200 and how many million? I don't know, but I don't. I don't appreciate like, bringing Look, John Wall. Who else are we going to have? He's our guy. We're stuck with him. We got to pay him. Like when that's the mentality, it's never a good idea. You're right, and that's like with the Kemba thing, where I go, "What are you going to do? Just be like, hey, this is our guy," and then I'm just go like, I wouldn't want to do that. But I John agree. Wall, when you did it, he was he actually was playing. So well, but he had he'd only had one healthy year at that point. Yeah. That's why that's the part that made me nervous. I just think it's funny. You think it's so ridiculous that Dak would get 30 when you basically, if you're a starter and you're signing a new contract now where you're projected to be the starter for the next four years, you're going to get 25. We're on the Kirk Cousins scale. That's that's why he gets 30. Kirk's a little so, different because he actually got to like full blown free agency. So the guaranteed money was different. I, but I, I used to argue with guys all the time. Like, he's not worth 20. He's not worth 20. Like, dude, it's it's like 
vacation property. If you're buying in a certain neighborhood, it's just what it is. And quarterbacks, if you're the guy, even if you're not the guy, but the guy playing all 16. I don't like it. What he just said, the Kirk Cousins scale? Exactly. That That's my point. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I, I just that, don't want to pay $30 million you're paying, you're for paying, anybody that's not like one of the seven best guys in their position. You're paying 25 to 30 for the guy, not only for the guy, but to avoid the bullshit of not having anyone at the yeah, position. It's a tax it's, of, it's, yeah. it's the it's fear, fear of not finding a guy. Yeah. I mean, imagine being the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Imagine Flacco post Super Bowl when they had to pay him. We all knew, but it they was still a bad were going to pay him. Like even though he won the Super Bowl, people were like he made himself a ton of money. He was probably going to make pretty close to what he signed for had he not won the Super Bowl. It, that, that's not fair. He won the Super Bowl. He was the he was the, the quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team. And my just, favorite takes ever is guys coming back to Sports Center ranking him the number one quarterback in the NFL. It's hilarious. Who? I love that. A couple guys. What? No names. I was a Monday. Like, it'd just be me walking through the hallway. Be like, are you guys fucking serious? We're doing this now? And then I'll go to my office. <laughs> uh, house for sale. A pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks to The Zone. Don't forget to go to DAZN.com for all the information you need to sign up for that. Thanks to The Ringer Podcast Network and TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website. Thanks to Joe House for playing golf again tomorrow. One more time. Uh, thanks to Home Depot. Where can you get the best in home decor? The Home Depot has thousands of on-trend pieces to fill your space, plus in-store returns and free, flexible delivery. Shop homedepot.com slash decor. Save up to 10% with code BSHOMEDEPOT. Valid on select items only. Free delivery on select items, $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. I